It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. It's the final Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the semifinal Friday for Boys State Tournament Action. Ryan Epling alongside the coach Rick Marone and... We have a special guest in the studio with us tonight. We are in the Huntington Studios at Marshall University. And the man sitting to my left is a normal, he's a regular caller, normal guest, a frequent guest of this program over the past three years. Ladies and gentlemen, from the Martinsburg Journal, Rick Kozlowski is in studio with us tonight. Rick, welcome to the Basketball Friday Night set. Gentlemen, I'm glad I made it here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we're starting cause time early tonight. So good. So good. There you go. Rick, so nice to join us from uh, just down the road in Charleston and making the trip here to Huntington for the uh, for the program tonight. And, uh, definitely, uh, just uh, again, this this show tends to bring a lot of people together in, in many different ways. And now here we are in a, in a studio uh, in Huntington. It's wonderful. <laughs> I, I I I thank the Lord that I actually made it here <laughs> on the interstate. I thought. Uh, I was in a NASCAR race, people trying to trade some paint with me. (laughs) Three times in the last five miles, I almost got whacked. Well, that sounds about par for the course around here, actually. Um, But but again, so nice to have you and so much to talk about tonight, guys. Semifinal Friday for high school basketball and uh, Coach Marone. I think that Friday night is always one of the premier sessions of the tournament doesn't matter if it's uh if it's single a in the middle or double a in the middle of the two triple a semifinals but generally speaking friday night is when you get your best attendance it it has its own kind of unique atmosphere and um a lot at stake tonight for the teams across uh across the way playing in charleston yeah i tell you what ryan i think friday uh, you know, Saturday, of course, is where it all culminates and comes to a head. But on Friday, you've got every team has already won a game. So you've got everyone there. You've got fans that maybe uh, weren't there for the opening game Friday night, a good night to travel and get to the get to the Coliseum. But uh, tell you what, Friday's games uh, have a lot of storylines. They culminate again with the championship games on Saturday. But sometimes Friday gives you the best uh, overall day as far as at the tournament or not. And, and Rick, uh, I know you've covered many, many tournaments, but a lot of times those Friday games can sometimes uh, bring excitement that even the Saturday games don't have. Absolutely. I think what happens first-round games, people have traveled, a little weary. They're also nervous, that big surrounding, big empty space behind the basket. They struggle with that. Mm -hmm. Second day, they're a little more relaxed, a little more into the atmosphere, and the atmosphere just kind of grows with the, the number of people that are there. 
Sorry. Yeah, I think too. Uh, uh, not that you get blowouts, but a lot of times if the seeding plays out, you should have better matchups on Friday as well because those first round games have kind of taken care of. Now the Cavs case this year, some of those first round games were very interesting, but you also have uh, the top teams kind of going head to head, and I know that was the case today too. And we we can tell you in the night in the nights or evening session, there's already been an upset that's going to kind of catch a lot of people, I think, off guard. And um, let's just say that we will have a new state champion in Class A. We know that you want scores. Let's get you a scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. We'll start in Class AA where the matchup is set for the state championship game at high noon tomorrow. It will be Fairmont Senior, the three seed, who beat second seed Bridgeport in a thriller this morning. 48-47, the Polar Bears beat the Indians. They advance to the AA state final, and they'll get a rematch with reigning state champion Polka. The Dots come to life after a little bit of a shaky beginning to tournament play. They only won by two in the first round game on Wednesday. Polka, though, Beats Wyoming East 85-55 today in Charleston. Class A, game from earlier today. Number two seed Wheeling Central knocks off number three seed Tug Valley 69-47. That was a game where the Panthers youth really showed through in Wheeling Central. Just was spectacular this morning. And it will be an all-Catholic school final. As the number five seed, St. Joe, Cinderella is dancing in Charleston tonight. Just finished beating Magnolia, the reigning state champion. 70-62, St. Joe beats Magnolia. So it will be Huntington, St. Joe, and Wheeling Central for the Class A championship tomorrow at 2.30. In AAA, game from earlier this evening, number one seed and undefeated Morgantown. Survives against Woodrow Wilson. The Mohegans will play for their first state title in boys basketball history after beating the Flying Eagles 54-50. And they'll take on the winner of the game. It's just about to get started in Charleston between the Huntington Highlanders, the two-time reigning state champion, and the Parkersburg South Patriots. That is a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. And Coach Marone, we'll start with you here, obviously. The big win for Huntington St. Joe after knocking off Notre Dame last night in the Battle of the Irish on uh, St. Patrick's Day. Today, Irish eyes continue to smile on the uh, on, on Huntington St. Joe. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, I know a lot of people are probably looking for that Magnolia Wheeling Central uh, uh, matchup in the finals, but uh, St. Joe. Uh, you know, they've been resilient. They played a very challenging schedule throughout the year. And, uh, you know, despite uh, Boswell's uh, 41 points, uh, St. Joe able to overcome that kind of with numbers. They've got several very capable players. Of course, Clemens and Murphy and Dawson uh, kind of lead the charge. But Morrison with a big game tonight as well. I think the balance of St. Joe was the difference. And if you followed that game and we followed that prior to coming on the air, 
it was almost as much their defensive end, and it's hard to really throw that out there when you have a guy that scored 41 on you. But at key times, St. Joe made plays, had some steals, forced some bad shots. Uh, there were some turnovers by Magnolia down the stretch in that game where they had opportunities to either tie or get ahead, and then down they just couldn't hang on at the end. But, you know, give St. Joe credit. Uh, unbeknownst to me, <clears throat> the first time I think St. Joe's boys team had uh, either been in the tournament in many, many years or definitely has not been in a state championship game. So, you know, you kind of think of that St. Joe girls program, but uh, caused the St. Joe boys making their own history this year in this run to the title game. Well, i got to say, and this is a little bit off the wall. Imagine that for me, right? (laughs) I made friends with four young lady fans out there on the front row. The best signs... You will ever see. And they had one last night, and I'm not going to say what it actually said, but I took a picture of it, tweeted it, and I was getting reactions from different places in the country. And one one came from Wisconsin saying uh, they wouldn't allow them to do that in Wisconsin. You guys know that story, I'm sure. But I didn't know really what to expect from St. Joe. And I like the way they play ball. You know, there's very many different options. And I think that was one thing about the game with Magnolia tonight. Magnolia basically was a one-person offensive team. Yeah, which, you know, I was watching that game and I was kind of thinking back to another era, the all-time leading scorer, Josh DeLotter. I saw a lot of the same kinds of things. The four other guys there to support him, and Boswell take care of the points. St. Joe put four players in double figures tonight, and uh, that's a that's a ball club that again I think is uh, crashing the party kind. They had not been to the state tournament since the late '80s in boys basketball. And here they are now going to the Class A state championship game tomorrow. So much for needing tournament experience, right? Just ready to go. Yeah, i tell you what. Again, I think uh, the schedule they played throughout the year, I know they played uh, Notre Dame a couple times. They've played a very good schedule. And, again, I don't think you can underestimate uh, the fact that Dawson and uh, the experience that they've got, uh, they do have some state tournament experience, uh, albeit from from other teams. But, uh, you know, they've just shown a resiliency and they've handled the situation uh, much differently than normally a first-time team would be. A lot of times you get there, you're happy to be there. I don't think St. Joe has shown that. Uh, they they have uh, have battled their way to this point. And I tell you what, Wheeling Central are going to have their hands full tomorrow in that championship game because when you get a team that's talented like St. Joe and they start believing that they can do it, then they're a dangerous team. So I think it's going to be a great matchup tomorrow. So Wheeling Central and Huntington St. Joe tomorrow for the Class A championship. And the A title game also set also a rematch from a year ago as Polka will play Fairmont Senior. And just in, in brief, this morning it was um, – I don't, I don't like to use the word controversial – but I'll say that it was an interesting finish to the Fairmont Senior Bridgeport game. Um, there was a technical foul called against Bridgeport in, in kind of a, a quick scrum after a deflected inbounds pass from Fairmont Senior. 
Bridgeport had the final possession down one with 30 seconds left. Used four timeouts in that possession. Did not get a shot off. Uh, Darius Nunn was outstanding for Fairmont Senior in the victory. And then in the, uh, the later game from this morning, so it would have been this afternoon, Polka beating Wyoming East 85-55. And Polka pretty much scoring as many points as it had the entire postseason tonight. <laughs> or today, so I mean, they're just. Uh, I think that that makes for a tremendous matchup, and um, again, the Fairmont Senior Bridgeport game. I don't know that I have. A, I don't know. That, I mean, what what it made me appreciate because I, I was I was in the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum this morning, bright and early, and what it made me appreciate was that officials don't get the benefit of an instant replay or a, an extra look. Um, I mean, in the NCAA tournament, they stop every game, every dead ball, basically, in the last two minutes now and, and, and do a replay. But um, they get one split-second opportunity to get it right. Did they get it right? I don't know. I, I watched it live. Something happened. But, again, the whistle in this particular instance went into the favor of Fairmont Senior, but Rick, that was a great ball game. Um, a lot of back and forth in that game, and just a a strange finish. I think that's putting it gently. I saw the play, I think, but I don't know that I actually saw it. I saw a replay later, and I'm like, "Well, that looks a little bit hazy." Yeah. We'll have to ask Bo later, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I can tell you our resident referee was not working that game. <laughs> Is that a disclaimer? That, Is that what they call a disclaimer? Yes. <laughs> now, he has worked uh, at least two games in the state tournament. Uh, I know he had the uh, the Tug Valley-Willing Central game. And even though Willing Central won that game comfortably, that was also, uh, and I can just, just tell you from watching as a neutral party, that was a tough game to officiate too because there was so much – um, physical play out on the perimeter in that ball game. That those games are, are are tough to officiate when you when you get a lot of that. So uh, still, it was uh, Willing Central, St. Joe in the single A final, Fairmont Senior, Polka in the double A final. Morgantown is through in triple A, and they'll take on the winner of the Parkersburg South Huntington game. The girls' state champions were crowned last Saturday in Charleston, and among them or uh, quite frankly someone that I think caught a lot of people off guard but uh, first in AAA Morgantown beats Huntington 61-56 that game lived up to the hype that was kind of a game that two teams that had lost one game apiece and both of them on buzzer beaters over the course of the season and uh, they had they had a great ball game that, that Morgantown was able to to win and then double uh, A Wyoming East, very impressive in the state championship game in a 54-26 win over Fairmont Senior. That was eye opening because that's a high scoring Fairmont Senior team that just went on complete lockdown. I hate to use puns, but when they're there, you have to. The Polar Bears were in hibernation last uh, Saturday, <laughs> and then the game that kind of sent reverberations throughout the state. In the girls' class single-A title game, 
the seven-year reign of St. Joe comes to an end as the Gomer County Titans come back late and beat St. Joe 42-41 to win the Class A title and just the second public school to win the single-A title since 1990. That's... You were in in diapers then, weren't you, Ryan? uh, No, I I was standing upright and did have the ability to walk at the time. But... um, yeah, it's just it's just incredible too, and uh, we'll we'll talk much more about those games in a moment. We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we're going to get you an update from the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum of the the nightcap, the game between Parkersburg South and Huntington. Parkersburg South, such a tremendous game to beat Capital in double overtime in the quarterfinal round. Uh, we'll talk more about that. We'll also talk with Sydney Holloway and Paige Poffenberger uh, of the. Morgantown Mohegans, as they will celebrate their girls' state championship, are continuing to do so. We'll have all that much more as the final basketball Friday night in West Virginia of the season continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF, Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM, WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM, WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmund, Beckley, 101.7 FM, WYATLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9-19 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Rick Kozlowski with you. James is in Charleston. 
But he's not covering the state basketball tournament. He's calling a baseball doubleheader for Marshall at Appalachian Power Park as they take on Southern Miss tonight. And uh, they were in the eighth inning when when we got here. So um, we probably won't have a very tired James Collier stagger in here toward the last hour of the show. Uh, Just a quick update from Charleston. They're 255 to play in the first quarter of the nightcap tonight. Huntington leads Parkersburg South 9-8. So uh, early on, those two teams. Um, Huntington right now on an 8-0 run. In fact, over a minute 41 period to uh, to get that lead. So we'll keep you updated on that game all throughout the night. Because that's, the, that's the final uh, boys basketball game of the, the, uh, the night. As we get ready for championship Saturday tomorrow. On the girls' side, it's been almost a week now, but it was the Morgantown Mohegans winning class AAA with a very close, heart-wrenching at times, win over Huntington. 61-56 was the final in the state championship game. Uh, Two big parts of that championship for Morgantown were Sidney Holloway as well as Paige Poffenberger, and uh, we've got Sydney Holloway and Paige Poffenberger who joined us now on the program. And first off, uh, we'll, we'll first off go with Sydney. Uh, Sydney, congratulations on a third straight Class AAA state championship. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, let's talk a little bit about the ball game last week in the state championship game. Uh, your team able to come out victorious and. Uh, that was, a, a, again, a very good ball game and a game in which uh, you had opportunities at the free throw line and made the most of them. You finished with 25 points, 15 of 17 free throw shooting. That game with Huntington was one that a lot of people thought was going to be a good one, Sydney, and it certainly lived up to the uh, the hype. <clears throat> yeah, it was a tough one, honestly. Um, we always go in headstrong, and we love the good competition like um, you said, Huntington is a great team, and it was a great battle. Well, you you fell behind uh, in the second half of that ball game, and uh, in fact, in the final uh, four minutes of the game, you were down forty-seven, forty-six before uh, coming back and getting the win. Uh, tell me about when you're when you're in that situation. It's nerves can be kind of tight, but your team came together and made the big plays down the stretch. Uh, is that experience? Is that uh, yeah, you know, what allowed your team to be able to do that? Yeah, um, Coach White, he always tells us just to keep our mind in the game and stay focused. And we managed to do that, even under the a lot of pressure, as a lot of have seen. Um, but we followed through and made the best of it, and we kept focused and pulled out in the win. As a team, the Mohegans were 33 of 40 from the free throw line, and uh, Sydney, I know that you, you preach defense there. I, I know that Coach White is uh, big on defense. And Deja Congleton ends up with 25, Jordan Dawson with 19 for Huntington. You girls don't give up in the 50s very often, but still able to outscore Huntington when it mattered. It, it, does your offense maybe not necessarily get the reputation it deserves because of the level of play your defense has performed at? Um, yes and no. Um like you said, our defense is basically our key to our success. And 
but at the same time, our offense, um, we are a great offensive team. Uh, we have Rachel Lascotti in the post that can put in eight to ten points a game. We have Paige Poffenberger that can slash to the hoop and make good plays and get to the foul line, and as she can shoot well at the foul line as well. Shelby Boyle on the wing that can shoot, and Lydia Adrian that can do a little bit of everything. So um, we can figure it out. Um, our defense isn't, like, we're not just – a complete defense-oriented team, but our offense is also there as well. Sydney, your team again with the third straight state championship. We congratulate you on that. We also have Paige Poffenberger, who is uh, there as well, also a senior for Morgantown. And uh, Paige, your ball club, we were talking about the, the kind of the balance that you had uh, offensively. Sydney put up the big scoring numbers in the title game, but Along the way, you were also a player who was in double figures in the uh, semifinal round win over Parkersburg South, a 57-49 win uh, for your ball club. Uh, it's a little bit of a different makeup to this team than the, the past two years. And, and Just tell me how you were able to kind of keep going after having such a, a strong and dominant uh, point guard in Olivia Segi graduate and then continue to play at maybe even exceed your level of play as a team this year? Um, yeah, we knew coming into this year that um, the five seniors that we lost was going to be a big loss to our program. But at the same time, we knew we were returning girls that were big uh, rolled in that state championship game last year. So we knew we'd be fine. Um, I think coming back this year, though, our team is more oriented towards the long, fast team. Um, last year, our starting five was not as big. You know, Liv is not very tall. A lot of the girls uh, on that starting five were not very big. So this year, you know, you have Lydia, Sydney. I, I'm the shortest one on the floor a lot of the times at 5'8". So our lineup was uh, a pretty tall lineup. So we knew that the team this year was going to be a lot more of a slashing and um, fast break team with the length that we have. Take me through the experience of, uh, you know, you, you to you it may seem like old hat now with the three straight state championships. But each one is its own uh, its own memory in, in Charleston. What made this different than the last two? Oh, I mean, absolutely, they've all been special. You know, we came in. I always tell people we came in the first year, um, just excited to be at the state tournament, not thinking we'd really even make it out of the first round. And then we somehow pulled the upset, and we ended up winning the state title game. And then we came back the second year, uh, trying to defend that title. Because, you know, a lot of the um, word around the state was that that game was a fluke and we didn't deserve that win. So last year we came in with that goal in mind to uh, prove that it wasn't a fluke. And then we came back this year as a group of seniors uh, wanting to win one for ourselves. And not that the first two weren't important and um, credible wins, but, you know, this year this is our team. So the win this year, uh, personally for me, was the most special just because this was like my year and my team with uh, the other senior girls. Paige, I got a question. Um, this is Rick from Kozlowski, the, the other Rick uh, from the, out on the Eastern Panhandle. Why is it that girls' basketball in the Morgantown area and some other places in the state is so much better than other places? Why? What do you guys do, or girls, I should say, to to make it that way? Is there is there a, you know a specific reason, an explanation? I mean. I- I think that the AAU programs um, around our areas are definitely very strong. And then I also think, too, that um, the places that have good programs just in the beginning had the good programs, so then girls come in looking at the tradition. Like, 
MHS holds all these basketball camps and stuff for little girls all the time. So young girls from the age of six and on, like, already know, like, I want to be a Mohegan one day. And the tradition and the pride in our school and in our town is um, something that's there. And it's instilled in girls' minds, like, from the time they pick up a basketball. So I think that that definitely uh, encourages our program to be successful and continue to be successful. Something that I've noticed over the years is that Morgantown High School is obviously a large high school population-wise uh, in terms of enrollment, but it still has a bit of a community feel to it. Um, I know I'm kind of going wider than basketball here, but uh, how is a school of that size in a, in, a, in a state where oftentimes when you get to the state tournament, uh, the smaller crowds are from the AAA schools. How does Morgantown keep that sense of bond within its uh, student body and its uh kind of inner community so to speak um you know i think that a lot of the people that attended mhs in the past still live in morgantown um we have a really great following of people that have no relation to any of the girls on the team just because they're mhs alumni and um, they're supportive of what we do and then within our school um, because we are so big our principals and our teachers all stress very much uh, to keep a community feel just because it's easy to get lost in a big school and um to have people go unrecognized just because there are so many of us. But um, our school does a very good job of stressing, like, unity and community within um, our student body. Paige, what would it mean if the boys' team wins the state championship tomorrow? It would be the first time since 2001 that a AAA school has swept both the boys' and girls' titles. What would that mean to Morgantown High School? I mean, that would be incredible. Um, for the boys, it would mean that they finally have some bragging rights on us. But um, it would <laughs> well, hey, well, let me let me, inter- let me interrupt a second. Men always have bragging rights on women. <laughs> you just don't know it. Wow, cause. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was I was at, I, I stopped off before, and some guy says, uh, "Yeah, I've been." 15 years, i got to listen to my wife. She, she tells it like it is, and whatever she says, I just say yes. And I said, yeah, I've been doing that for 31 years. So, Okay, I digress. Uh, would you continue? I'm sorry. <laughs> Fine. Um, but, no, our, you know, our boys' soccer team won states earlier this year, and then we came in and uh, we won that state championship last week. And for our boys to be able to um, continue that pattern this year and to add another state title to our school would just be amazing. Paige Poffenberger and Sydney Holloway of the girls' class AAA, now three-time state champion Morgantown Mohegans. Girls, congratulations on the state championship. And, um, hey, it, it, I know it's been a great ride. I know that's probably as good of a way to end your high school career, and we wish you all the best of luck in the future as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, we're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll get you a scoreboard update We'll even throw in a – we know that a lot of you will be interested in the WVU score. They're playing right now, so we'll even throw in a WVU-Stephen F. Austin update uh, as well. We'll update you on that Parkersburg-South Huntington boys semifinal in action right now in Charleston. We'll also hear from the head coach of the Class AA Girls State Champions, Angie Bonzini of Wyoming East. We'll join us after the break here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's many people we want to thank for helping us with Basketball Friday Night, including Alec Hildebeidel, Nick Collier, 
Trey Collier, Greg Miller, Shannon Likens, Lance Likens, Marcus Constantino, Mike Stanley, Fred Dameron, and Alice Likens. We also want to thank special correspondent Andrew Harrison, Cause Times, Rick Kozlowski, resident referee Bo Anderson, our guest hosts including Rich Stevens, Bill Cornwell, and Joe Limble, and of course our hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. A special thanks to Marshall University, Dr. Charles Bailey, and Director of the School of Journalism and Mass Communication, Janet Dooley. We also want to thank you, the listener and the viewer. You're a big part and why we do Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll be back December 11th, 2016. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And you can catch up on any of the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. Thank you to everyone following us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Our new followers this week include Scott Grimmett, Gaudier Delarue, Kevin Amani, Daquin Wilson, Tate Hancock, Riley Metz, Ed, at Blastbeat, Run America, Joseph Albright, Dylan Breen, Tracy Bowers, Nicholas Hackney, Joss, at Stitches3Z, Matt Pullen, Madeline Store, Happy Joe Parsons at HJP3, Haley, Jess Kovach, Gavin Astro, Tim Meadows, Brady Jones, Elena DeSema, Madison Jones, Valerie McGraw, and Dreamlings. Thank you for following us on Twitter all year long. Follow us on Twitter, continue to do so, and join us here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.33 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal all with you tonight in studio as we get through the semifinal Friday and get the matchup set for the Boys State Tournament Championship Games tomorrow at the uh, currently under renovation Charleston Civic Center Coliseum um, before we do a scoreboard real quick uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this to, to Rick Kozlowski and cause um, a little bit of a new look inside the Civic Arena or Civic Center Coliseum I should say the Civic Arena is down the street here they were built very similar <laughs> times, but um, the uh, the Civic Center Coliseum a little bit different. Like the ribbon scoreboard, they get more stats up. Uh, it, it seems like they've taken a step forward inside the arena this year. I'm not sure I like it. Yeah. I, I, I found, and I guess I guess it's one of those things that takes getting used to, because I, I find myself watching the action on the court. And not really watching the room. But every now and then, out of the corner of my eye, the flash would kind of distract me. And I I wondered how that would affect the players. And I never really saw it seemingly affect the action on the floor where somebody would suddenly look away and get ball whacked in the (laughs) face. But I think one, one improvement... And I think it's probably a temporary thing. The sound system is not real good right now. Did you notice that? 
I, I noticed this morning I could not understand a single word. That exactly, <laughs> I, 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 and then when the crowd starts, when you get a loud crowd, I mean, you might as well just forget the PA man at all. Yeah. So, uh, and that, that's something that, that that's a new sound system. I think that they still got some tweaks to do to it. Well, I think it's temporary but. because I noticed in a couple of the corners, the court in the corridors, that they were look like temporary speakers. So I think maybe that's just a, you know, I, I don't know for sure. Right. I was going to say they ought to get our sound guy Fred Dameron down there. He can uh, make anything sound good and. Uh, We'll uh, deal with him a little bit later. Special day for Mr. Dameron today. Yeah. You know, if we just sent Fred Dameron and Mike Stanley down there from <laughs> our show, they would be taking care of them. They do a great job. But uh, we'll talk with Angie Bonzini of the state champion Wyoming East girls basketball team. She's the head coach. We'll talk to her in just a moment. But first, it's time for another scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com on this semifinal Friday in the great state of West Virginia. Scores from earlier today. We'll just go by class. In single A, Wheeling Central defeats Tug Valley 69-47, the final in that one. St. Joe over Magnolia. That's an upset. The top seed of Magnolia Blue Eagles fall in the semifinals to Huntington St. Joe 70-62. So tomorrow at 2.30, it will be Wheeling Central and Huntington St. Joe for the girls. Or excuse me, that's I used that's a typical girls <laughs> matchup, right? Right. But for the boys, class single A state title. In double A, Fairmont Senior beats Bridgeport 48-47 in a thriller. And Polka wasted little time in running out past Wyoming East 85-55. So a rematch from last year's state title game. Fairmont Senior and Polka at noon in Charleston. Morgantown punches its ticket back to the boys triple A final with a 54-50 win over the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles. And they will take on the winner of the Huntington Parkersburg South game. That's going on right now. And with 2.35 to play in the first half, it is Huntington 28, Parkersburg South 18. That is a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. A week ago, it was the Wyoming East Warriors girls who beat Fairmont Senior 54-26 in the state championship game. Angie Bonzini is the head coach of the Warriors. And, Coach, congratulations on winning a state title and getting to take that big trophy back to Wyoming County. Thanks so much. Um, there's a situation where you get to the state finals and defensively it's hard to imagine that you could have played much better. You held... Uh, a Fairmont senior team that scored regularly in the 60s and 70s to 26 points in, in that ball game. How was your defense able to lock down on the Polar Bears? You know, we decided to go with the zone defense against them, and the girls did a great job executing our game plan. And uh, fortunately, you know, we were able to rebound, you know, stay with them. We knew that, we knew that they were bigger and stronger than us, but our girls did a great job. Uh, obviously, Gabby Lapartis gets uh, gets so much of the uh, the headlines, and rightfully so, as her her play definitely warrants that. But um, some of the girls that you had also stepping up, you know, have to look at uh, one girl in particular who was coming off of a, a knee injury, I believe, from earlier this year, but was injured throughout much of the season. And um, you know, Kara Sandy comes up big in the state title game as well. Oh, Kara came in. You know, our whole bench came in and did a great job for us 
Friday against Sissonville and then again on uh, Saturday against Fairmont. Uh, you know, she did a great job uh, offensively and defensively for us and gave us a big lift. Well, a special group uh, there. Uh, Emily Saunders also part of that. She ends up with eight points uh, in, in the state title game and seven blocks. Not many girls within the, uh, girls teams in the state of West Virginia have a bona fide rim protector. You have one. Uh, tell me about uh, how you're able to maybe allow you to be a little bit more aggressive defensively out front when you've got someone who can uh, contest every shot on the interior. Absolutely, you know, it gives us you know more room to do different things. Uh, Emily does a great job inside. You know, that was she had another dimension to our team this year. We were blessed last year to get down there, but we were lacking height, and uh, Emily does such a great job defensively, not getting in foul trouble and able to you know to control the inside for us. Coach, I tell you what, uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on the uh, the Sissonville game that got you to that championship. I know last year it was disheartening uh, in the semifinals to come up just a bit short, but what did you see from your team? I know they're still fairly young, but uh, they really showed a lot of uh, experience and determination when that Sissonville game hung in the balance. Your girls made the plays they had to make to put that game away late, but uh, had to be encouraging as a coach to see that growth to where they could get over that hump and go right on to the championship. You know, it really was, and I think you hit it right on the uh, right on the mark. You know, experience helped us a lot. And, you know, we had some tight games this year. South Charleston, we were down by 10 or 12 and gained a little bit of confidence to know that we could come back in close games. And, and I really do believe, you know, last year really helped us this year. Now, Coach, this is where it gets fun. You win the state title. We're less than a week <laughs> later, and now it's like, so how do you keep your girls from getting complacent? <laughs> You know, uh, there was probably about four or five or six of our girls that went to AAU practice on Sunday. So, you know, uh, they'll keep going at it to reach our next goal of hopefully, you know, representing our region next year in the state tournaments. And uh, obviously uh, a big deal, too, for the Wyoming East girls, for that community. That's that's known more for boys basketball, getting the girls' state title. And we, we've talked throughout the course of the season about how this group has kind of captured that area's uh, attention but uh, just tell me what it was like to go to Charleston to be on the main stage and just to, I don't know if you ever had a chance to look up, but just to see all the community support that you get. You know, not, not only that, just to hear them. Our community support was wonderful, you know, throughout the whole tournament. Because, you know, we faced three tough games. And uh, I always tell them they're our sits man because, they, you know, the support and the love we've got from them, not only this year but last year, has helped us out tremendously. Well, Coach, congratulations on leading the Wyoming East girls to their first state title. Angie Bonzini, thank you so much for joining us, not only tonight, but all throughout the course of the season. We look forward to uh, doing this all again next year as well. Thank you very much, and I appreciate you having me on. All right. Again, Angie Bonzini, the head coach of the the Wyoming East girls, and another um, integral part of that is the point guard, Gabby Lapartis, sophomore uh, for the Warriors. She joins us now, and uh, Gabby, when last we talked, you were getting ready to go into state tournament play. Now you've gone through it and come out as a state champion. Tell me how that feels. It's an unbelievable feeling still. I'm not sure it's quite set in for us all. It's still, our feet aren't on the ground yet. It's unreal, honestly. Uh, one thing that, that it can kind of joke about, it's been almost a full week now. Was this one of the quicker weeks that you can remember? Did it seem to go by a little bit faster this week? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what day is it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even sure. 
Well, uh, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, sums, that, that sums it up right there. And, and but, but Gabby, to to the point of uh, we talked with Coach Bonzini about the defensive effort. You held Fairmont Senior to eighteen percent from the floor. They were just nine of forty nine. Um, again, that's a high scoring club, and um, you know. Erica Bowles, a fantastic offensive player, goes one of eleven from the floor in, in the title game. Uh, tell me, uh, from your perspective, what was the key for uh, your team to get that win? Defense, most definitely, and rebounding. We knew they were a stronger—not necessarily stronger, but they were a bigger team than us. And when we work together as a team, there's not much that you can do with us. In our defense, that uh, game, everyone who came on the floor was focused and ready to play. You mentioned rebounding. That was a team that one game during the tournament had 72 rebounds. I don't know the teams get 72 shots off. So you look at that number, and how do you approach the game? Do you do something special to keep them off the glass? I mean, what are you looking for? Our most important thing was trying with heart, really. I mean, if you want the ball, you're going to go after it. And we, of course, had to box out where they were bigger than us. And it just worked to our advantage, our heart. Gabby, yeah, I know that loss, and we talked about it before. And did th- does this change? Maybe the uh, I don't know. But I guess what I'm looking for here is as you go into this postseason off a state title, it's different than last season when you were coming off of uh, that difficult loss in the state semifinal. Uh, I talked with with Coach Bonzini. I think you heard because you were on hold us at the time. But um, does being a young team, is that good or bad in terms of handling the success and continuing to improve? Because, uh, you know, honestly, when you win a state title, sometimes it can be easy to go, this is as good as we need to be. What, what keeps you to, uh, kind of going forward and trying to improve before next season? I think it was a good win for us. I think it was definitely a good thing for us. As a team, we're always going to work and strive to make each other better. And we have already started our offseason work. And winning the States is a feeling that now this year, last year we wanted it, and now this year we have it, and it's a feeling we don't want to lose, and that's what we're going to work for next year to hopefully come back and have the experience again. Gabby Lapartis, the point guard of the state champion, Wyoming East Warriors girls team. Congratulations on the title, and look forward to getting to speak with you again next season. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. All right. That's, again, Gabby Lepard. She led or helped lead Wyoming East to the state title. And, you know, sometimes in, in media we use the, the term, uh, and I'll, I'll talk about this with Rick Kozlowski here, the term led. And sometimes it, it, it's based on points scored. But in, in many cases, she's the point guard, and she is kind of what makes – she's the engine to that ball club. And – uh I think as a sophomore, they put a lot on her, and she is able to uh, to handle it. And you guys put a lot on her by having her on every week, too. <laughs> hey. Which I think, I think actually probably helps her maturation process as a whole person. I mean, when you look at sports, it's not just about the game. You know, it's part of the learning process as well. So I think, you know, that's that's beneficial to her as well. But, I, you know, you're right. People just look at points. And there's so many other th- aspects to the game. You know, how do you play defense? You know, what do you do when you have the ball? Whom do you give it to? 
uh, how do you rebound? I mean, you know, like I said, that Fairmont team in one of those games, 72 rebounds. Can you, can you imagine? <laughs> that ball must have been flying up like every half second. I, 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 I just still wonder you know, where a statistic like that comes from. Well, for perspective's sake, there were 97 total shots, field goal attempts, in that double-A state championship game. Yeah, it's half every quarter of a second a shot's going up. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, again, Wyoming East uh, getting the win over Fairmont Senior in the girls' double-A state title game last week. We, we promised you a scoreboard update on the WVU men. and Maybe no guys, one wants we, to we, know. We, we, again, you only get so many opportunities to use a pun. It was a stone cold stunner. Stephen F. Austin beats WVU seventy to fifty six. The Lumberjacks get a fourteen point win and advance WVU's season ends in Brooklyn. And uh, we know Jason White's there, the head coach of the Morgantown Girls team. We hope to be able to talk to him a little bit later on tonight as well. But right now, we're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Amy Chapman. She's the head coach of the Gilmer County Lady Titans. Class A state champs. We'll also get you an update on that Parkersburg South Huntington boys game that's in action right now as basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Join us online and vote in this last poll. You've got till 1145 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, we asked, where should sectional tournaments take place? 48% of you selected a neutral site. 35% the highest seed. 17% selected continuing let each section decide. This week's question, should the shot clock be implemented in West Virginia high school basketball? Select yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll, and it's our last poll for the season. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 1145 tonight to vote, and we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Thank you to everyone following us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Our new followers this week include Scott Grimmett, Gaudier Delarue, Kevin Amani, Sidney Holloway, Robin Ambrosi, Brandon Walton, Daquin Wilson, Tate Hancock, Riley Metz, Ed, at Blasty, Run America, Joseph Albright, Dylan Breen, Tracy Bowers, Nicholas Hackney, Joss, at Stitches 3Z, Matt Pullen, Madeline Stower, Happy Joe Parsons at HJP3, Haley, Jess Kovach, Gavin Astro, Tim Meadows, Brady Jones, Elena DeSema, Madison Jones, Valerie McGraw, and Dreamlings. Thank you for following us on Twitter all year long. Follow us on Twitter, continue to do so, and join us here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 9.50 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, 
Rick Marone, Rick Kozlowski, all with you here on final basketball Friday night in West Virginia of the boys' basketball season. The girls' season wrapped up a week ago. Um, quick update in boys at halftime. It is Huntington 30, Parkersburg South 22. Don't want to get too deep into this, but but guys, anytime Parkersburg South is able to hang around, they've, they've always got to run in them. Well, they've always got to run in them. And uh, to jump on Kaz's point earlier, you could also have a rematch in the boys that you had in the girls' AAA final with Huntington and Morgantown. So I know a lot of people want to see that Morgantown-Huntington boys match up with the defending champion Highlanders, but Park South not going to be an easy out. I'm looking at the stats. They're not shooting well at the moment, and that's one of their key elements to their success, especially last night when they played Capitol. They just shot the lights out, particularly from beyond three-point range. But I think, yeah, that would be interesting. you got Morgantown boys in their first state championship game appearance. you got Huntington, if they, if they prevail tonight, going for their third straight. <laughs> To match the run of the O.J. Mayo and Patrick Patterson era. And that was, a, that was a wild era. Can you believe that's been nine years ago now since that all... And you're uh, still in diapers. To, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like things change, right? I mean, oh, well. I always set and, myself and, up. And, 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 of course, in, in a number of years, it will be depends. <laughs> It, 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 it always goes full, full cycle. circle. Yeah. That's, and such is the uh, circle of life. Right? That's the but, big daddy. Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> big, uh. Let, let's get right back into, uh, into these. Your girls basketball last Saturday. Uh, Gilmer County comes from behind. The Lady Titans pick up a big 42-41 win over St. Joe to win the Class A title in the seven-year reign of the Irish and Amy Chapman is the head coach of the Lady Titans. She joins us now on the program. And first off, Coach, when you hear the, uh, the just the the welcome of uh, Amy Chapman, head coach of the state champion Gilmer County Lady Titans, what's that mean to you? Oh, it's just it's a huge honor. I feel so privileged to have been on this journey and and been on this ride with these these players, and you know. They deserve every minute of you know, of all the success and all the things that has happened in their lives here recently. And you know, it just couldn't have happened to a better group of kids. Well, Coach, I want you to tell me real fast here what went through your mind at the one hundred three mark when your team was in transition and trailing by two. And you got a spot right. up three. Tell me what was going through your mind as uh, as you saw that play <laughs> develop. Well, it happened so quick, but when Emily stepped up and took that shot, the ball looked like it was in slow motion in the air, and I just knew it was in. And she's one of those kids that, you know, when she's got that confidence, she can hit it. And when she when it left her hand, you knew she wanted that shot because she stopped right there at the three point line, and that's just her shot right there at the top of the key, and she nailed it. And you know, I had if I had to do it all over again, I'd probably you know same thing, just pull it, Emily. And I'm telling you, she she took a big shot. That was probably one of the biggest shots in her career ever. 
I think I think it's safe to say that might be one of the biggest shots in Gilmer County high school girls basketball history as well. And absolutely, uh, Coach. I know you were a member. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe you were a member of the team that was in 2001, the runner-up to Mercer Christian. And um, I know that you've avoided the whole uh, public-private school thing, but at the same time, it's hard to because you're the second public school in 25 years to win the girls' Class A state championship. Um, Does that mean anything different, or is it just, hey, we're the champs and that's all that matters? You know, it it, it is hard not to then say or have that thought in the back of your head that, you know, we just knocked down a a private school. And, you you know, that makes this just even more sweeter. And, you know, but... I don't want to get too involved in that, but um, you know, like I said, to to beat Huntington St. Joe, who is seven-time state champ, with our little old school that has the players that we get every year, and we just you know work hard and do what we do all season long, you know, just makes that victory so much better. Hey, Coach Coach Marone here. Congratulations to you. But uh, I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, you all uh, had a little bit of trouble with that St. Joe pressure. We talked about that prior to the finals last week. And you were able to overcome that. And your defense was tremendous. You held them to 24% shooting from the floor. And I, I know that Riley Fitzwater kind of controls things inside. But I just thought your defensive plan overall was just really solid and uh you guys uh limited st joe's opportunities to put those runs together and your girls didn't panic and i think that was due to your defense really keeping you in there so you know uh, i just would like to get your thoughts on that on just how the teamwork and the whole team came together to defensively hold the defending champions to 24 percent from the floor uh, well, that's you know, I'm, I'm, we're pretty much old school. Coach Tumblin and I, we're, we harp on defense, and we really spend a lot of time during practice breaking down our defense and, you know, spending time on the correct fundamentals. So, you know, defense is something that we really focus on. And this team has, like, such great chemistry uh, as far as, you know, being able to, to uh, communicate and talk, and they know – the game the game plan against teams we really do a good job breaking down film and breaking down personnel and we knew you know St. Joe's has potentially got four five really good three-point shooters so we really didn't want to help off off the three-point line in fact we really just wanted to get them off the three-point line and let them attack the basket to our six foot four kid (laughs) and let her go in there and you know alter some shots in which you know I thought the kid's um, you know, the players did a nice job, you know, just contesting three-point shots and uh, forcing them off the three-point line or maybe taking some rush, you know, some shots that looked rushed. And, you know, I thought they – defensively, I thought we really did do a good job. Now, offensively, their their pressure got to us early. But once we got into the halftime and, you know, we settled the kids down and explained to them what they were doing wrong, you know, we were able, I thought, in the second half to really break the pressure a little bit better. Coach, Rick Kozlowski from uh, the Eastern Panhandle. And forgive my ignorance, but I'm looking at a roster that has no first names. And you mentioned Emily. Uh, Emily who? Right. Jadamski, I'm sorry. That's all right. Actually, we were just trying to sneak the pronunciation out there for you because we're going to have her on the program here in just a moment as well. But, um, 
uh, one of the tricks of the trade there. Uh, but coach, uh, another quick thing to, to mention too before we uh, before we we turn to Emily was that your ball club fell behind by twelve just a little over six minutes into this ball game. You were down by twelve at halftime, but especially though in that first quarter, how were you able to settle? your team down because you were behind for all but two minutes 13 seconds of this game but you were ahead when it mattered well when we got in the halftime you could tell the girls were a little rattled and their spirits were a little down so we we coach and i spent a, a, a lot of that time just building them up and telling them you know we're going to be the ones that are going to cut the nuts down you got to believe in yourselves you got to go back to what has brought us here that's you know the love of the game, the love of each other, and and uh, you know just you know have fun, go out there, put a smile on your face, and make history right now. And I think they just regrouped and they started to get some confidence in their abilities, and the crowd got behind them, and you know they just they fed off each other, and you know that's one thing that this team has, a lot of teams you know sometimes try to find is chemistry and and the love for each other, and I think that really carried them in that second half is just. You know, knowing that they've had they, they've been through everything together. They're not going to go down tonight. That yeah. night, Coach Chapman, I I think that uh, the Lady Titans were one of the best stories in girls' high school basketball in the state of West Virginia this year. And uh, we congratulate you on uh, winning the state championship. Well, I thank you very much. Appreciate that. All right, that's coach amy chapman right now we'll have to step aside and take a break when we come back we'll follow up on that gilmer county win we'll have emily jadamski and riley fitzwater who were two big parts of that state championship we'll talk with each of them when we come back on basketball friday night in west virginia here on the fast break sports network basketball friday night in west virginia will return in two minutes on the fast break sports network Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM WIRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. 
You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 10.03 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Rick Kozlowski all with you in studio tonight on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We'll talk with Emily Jadamski and Riley Fitzwater of the Gilmer County Lady Titans in just a moment. But first, it's time for another scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. One game in action in the Mountain State right now. It's the last of semifinal Friday. And it seems to be starting to get away from Parkersburg South. Huntington leads the Patriots 44-31 with 2.27 to play in the third quarter. The winner will take on Morgantown. The Mohegans winning earlier this evening over Woodrow Wilson in a fantastic ball game. 54-50 was the final in that one as Morgantown gets the win and uh, they had to come back actually they were down by one in the fourth quarter but Morgantown's boys still undefeated they go for a perfect season tomorrow also in double A it's a rematch for the state championship at noon tomorrow First off in the semifinals, Fairmont Senior beats Bridgeport 48-47. Darius Nunn hits a technical free throw with under a minute to play, and Fairmont Senior holds on to get the win. They will take on reigning state champion Polka as the Dots beat Wyoming East tonight 85-55. Class single A, the championship game also set, and it will be between the Wheeling Central Maroon Knights who beat Tug Valley 69-47. And the St. Joe Fighting Irish out of Huntington, they beat Magnolia 70-62 to in the boys' Class A state semifinals. That is a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Well, again, we mentioned a week ago Gilmer County's girls ending the run of Huntington St. Joe as girls' Class A champions at seven straight years. Gilmer County gets the win 42-41. Emily Jadamski is a senior on that ball club. She joins us now. And Emily, before we, we get too far, we just have to start with the shot. With just over a minute to play, your ball club was down by two. You're in transition. You're kind of trailing the play. Take me through what you were seeing as you got set up and hit that three that proved to be the game winner. Uh, the first thing I thought was, I'm going to give the ball to Riley because I saw her going <laughs> down the floor. But then I realized she had someone on her, and I was wide open. So I had to take the chance on the three. 
When you're playing a team such as St. Joe and you know that they've got the history behind them, I mean, it had been since you were in fourth grade, roughly, since they had not been the Class A state champs. And I know that you had played them very close uh, the year before, a year ago. And um, did, did, you, did any of that factor into, I've got a shot for the lead right here at a minute to play instead of just the tie? Did you kind of have that that mentality of I've got nothing to lose with this shot. Yeah, I did. We really had nothing to lose and everything to gain. So, Just a, a tremendous, tremendous game for your ball club. And uh, also, we talked about this with Coach Chapman, second public school in 25 years to win the Class A Girls State Championship. Again, that goes back to 1990. And um, just just tell me what it was like to see um, your community because um, I, I know that when we had uh, Joe Limble on from the from the tournament last week, one of the things he mentioned was, and hey, the Gilmer County support here is incredible. Uh, tell me about it from your perspective, seeing all that red and blue in the stands. Oh, it was great to see. We have a great community, and just like all our shirts said, one town, one team, one dream. One town, one team, one dream, and one championship for the uh, Lady Titans of Gilmer County. Now, Emily, you're a senior. Um, is that um, is that going to be your last basketball memory, or um, are you looking to play uh, collegiately? Uh, that'll be my last basketball memory, but it'll be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you could have one. Uh, much better than that. Uh, Emily, uh, no. when, when you think about going throughout that game, and you were one for eight from the three-point line, and when you had that opportunity, and I know you said you looked for Riley, and then you realized you were open, but I have to think that a lot of things led up to you having the confidence to take that shot in that situation. Your team had fought and got yourself back from about a 12-point deficit. So as a senior, would you uh, feel like that you want that in your hands because you had been there through the disappointment last year and then to be able to put your team ahead had to be a great feeling? Uh, yeah, somewhat. I wasn't shooting great that day, and then I finally hit one. And uh, if I hit one and I can have time to set up, I can usually do pretty good to make the next one. So I was wide open, and I took the shot. <laughs> Uh, Emily, I'll give you a chance to, to, to talk about a teammate here a little bit because we'll have Riley Fitzwater on in just a moment. Uh, she's a you know, 6'3 in the post and uh, set a state tournament record for block shots. She actually tied the team record all by herself for the uh, tournament. What's it like to have someone like that behind you defensively? Does that allow you to take maybe more chances than you normally would? Yeah, it's great having Riley in the paint there and with her being so tall, if someone gets past you, you know she's right there to back you up. and she's, You can always count on her in there. She's a good player. Emily, when you took the shot, did you know it was good when it left your hand? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell me, for, uh, was that when it, okay? You know it feels right. You, you've shot this shot thousands of times in your life, I'm sure. It feels right. What is the hardest part there? Did it feel like the ball was in slow motion to you? Coach Chavez, that did to her. How about to you? Yeah, it definitely did. <laughs> it seemed like it took forever for that ball to get to the hoop. 
Emily, you, you made the big shot there with a minute to go to give your ball club the lead. One, it would not surrender. You're a state champion now. And after a week, is that really, has that really sunk in? No, it hasn't. It still doesn't seem real. Well, it's, it's very real, and it's something that uh, that's a memory you can take with you that will last a lifetime. Congratulations on uh, winning the state title. Congratulations on knocking down that big shot. And uh, we wish you the best of luck uh, in your future endeavors as well. Thank you. All right, that's Emily Jadamski. And before we go to Riley Fitzwater, guys, let's, let's kind of process that a little bit here. When you're a child, if we can remember this, you know, it took a while to cut the peach basket, the bottom of it out. Yeah, get me the ball and back Kyles are having trouble shot, transporting right. to that, but go ahead. And I would say you dream of – my generation dreamed of hitting the three. You all didn't have a three-point shot. But, um, but you dream of hitting that big shot, though, in a state tournament or a championship-type setting. And for that dream to be realized and to come true, I mean, I've got, that's, that's something you practice, even though that wasn't at the buzzer. Coach, I don't think it gets much better than that. It doesn't, and, and I can remember, uh, and I'm sure you all did too, you're in the backyard or, or wherever, and you're counting it down in your head, and you're the one that's going to hit that big shot. And if you don't, you just shoot it again until you do. <laughs> so you can feel that way. And, Ryan, I'm proud of you. You have not used to remember the Titans yet. I'm sure that will come after Riley's interview. But uh, uh, not that you'd reach for anything. But uh, No, not tonight especially. <laughs> no, not tonight. But I, I just I think you're right. And, uh, and cause I think uh, – Every kid dreams about it. Very few get opportunity, and even less are able to grab a hold of it and, and want the pressure. I know it's easy for us as, as spectators and journalists to sit back and admire somebody that can step in there, but i tell you what, it takes a lot of courage to step up and take the shot with your whole season on the line. Well, absolutely. I, you know, like she said, she hadn't been shooting the ball well. She made one, boosted her confidence, and with the game on the line, bang. I don't think it's any better than that, yeah. and, and and that's something. To again, before we go to Riley here, Rick, something that you have to capture in words to tell that story from a sports writer standpoint. I think in this day and age, where video and everything is so readily available, how do you still maintain to to keep the the, the print fresh, so to speak, and to tell that story of that shot? For instance, I know that wasn't a game that you covered directly, but still. Well, I I think it comes down to maintaining being passionate about what you do, and the written word. I know we're kind of going a little <laughs> bit off subject here, but the written word is like an art form, and there are those of us. Old-timers, old-schoolers are just plain old <laughs> who hope to preserve that and enjoy that part of writing, of the sport. You know, sometimes you don't, as a writer, you don't get the opportunities either to have those heroic endings, those magnificent finishes. Yeah, it's, it, but it takes, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a thing you practice and sometimes you hit the winning shot, and sometimes, well, you just kind of goes just straight along, and you try again next time. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I think kind of, kind of to, to bring this all together, you were talking about just, though, in, in terms of the, the passion to do it, 
the passion to do anything you do as good as you can do is something that it requires to be a state champion. The state was clearly introduced to Riley Fitzwater on the big stage. As, uh, as I mentioned, she set the block shots record in a tournament, and she did so um, in the second game of the tournament from an individual standpoint, and she tied the overall team record for block shots. She joins us now on the program. And uh, Riley, I know this just completing your junior season. That was your first opportunity to play in the state tournament. For those of us who never got to walk out of that curtain and walk uh, onto the uh, Civic Center floor in a state tournament setting, uh, tell me what it was like the first time you walked out and you, you kind of heard the community that, that was there supporting you to get behind you. And uh, just, just that first time out for warm-ups, what was that feeling like? Um, it was very thrilling, and I was just so excited to see all of our fans come from our little town. And uh, getting to Charleston, a lot of times a lot of folks talk about the experience necessary, and your group hadn't been there. And, and, and you, you take down St. Joe there. Um, you know, We've talked about the, the shot now with both Emily and with, uh, with Coach Chapman, but as Emily said, she saw you and thought about throwing you the ball in that transition uh, before she hit the three-point shot that gave you guys the lead and ultimately won the ball game. But uh, tell me from your perspective uh, of that play what you saw and if you thought she was going to throw you the ball. I didn't know what she was going to do. <laughs> but I'm so glad she didn't throw it to me because I probably would have missed it like I did the whole game. <laughs> And I'm so glad she did make that shot, and I knew that it was going in just like they did whenever she let go of it. And I was so excited. Uh, and, and I'll let Rick ask you a question in just a moment. One of the Ricks. we got two Ricks here tonight. Rick squared for yes. scoring uh, at home. Or, or we just are square. Uh, there, there you go. But, uh, but, Riley, we talked about that being the first time on the state stage, and now you get a lot of attention that maybe you're not accustomed to receiving. Has that has that been overwhelming? Tell me what that's like for a junior in high school from a rural Class A uh, school that uh, has such great community support, but suddenly becoming a focal point for an entire state tournament. I don't know that it's overwhelming, but it is, it's nice to have people know your name and get it out there for colleges or just my future in general. Have you heard from any uh, any? Colleges or, or universities following that state tournament run? I've had a few. I've had some people that are interested, but no one that I've like had my heart set on. <laughs> well, you certainly have a, a year left to make those kinds of decisions. But something you said struck me, and something that Emily said struck me. Both of you said you weren't shooting well, so neither of you are shooting well. So. What was the key to this whole championship? Besides, you know, the, the obviously the one shot, but you know, what what keyed the whole thing throughout the game? I guess that our coach told us that we had nothing to lose, and that if we just played our best and we gave it our hearts, we put our hearts into it, and we just played the best defense of our lives. And I mean, what could go wrong? Well, definitely uh, a memory that you can take with you uh, throughout the. The, the rest of your career, certainly, and beyond as well. 
And again, just a junior. Riley Fitzwater of the state champion Gilmer County Lady Titans. I think uh, Rick Kozlowski may have one more question. Well, no, I have no, I have no more questions, but I just wanted to say after we had a little d- discussion about uh, uh, the writing and that aspect of it, something popped in my head. I, pr- I may have played off the name Jadamski and called her the Jedi Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> So, Riley, you can call her that now, too, and blame Rick Kozlowski. Hey, Riley, thank you so much for joining us tonight. and uh, Certainly wish you the best uh, moving forward as well. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. That's Riley Fitzwater of the Gilmer County Lady Titans, the girls' Class A state champs. Coming up after the break, we will talk with Chase Harler of Wheeling Central. He is the now two-time boys Gatorade State Player of the Year. And his team will play for a state championship tomorrow. We'll talk with Chase when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Gavin Nichols, Elijah Cuffey, Cody Maynard, Felicity Van Gilder, Erica Bowles, Madison Webb, Dalton Gray, Ethan Miller, Ashley Scott, Dylan Ward, Kaylee Barker, Katie Dobbs, Macy Newsom, and Nicholas Greeley. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia this season as the standout athlete of the week. Next year, if you have someone remarkable on your team, or if you have an athlete that makes an outstanding play, you'll be able to nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we'll consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we'll select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. You'll be able to fill out the nomination form next season, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Join us online and vote in this last poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, we asked, where should sectional tournaments take place? 48% of you selected a neutral site. 35% the highest seed. 17% selected continuing let each section decide. This week's question, should the shot clock be implemented in West Virginia high school basketball? Select yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll, and it's our last poll for the season. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote, and we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 10-21 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Kozlowski, Rick Marone with you tonight in studio on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the final Friday night of the high school basketball season as we move forward to Championship Saturday. A quick update from Charleston Huntington leading Parkersburg South in the last semifinal game of the night. It's 56-42 Highlanders with 3.41 to go. Hey, hey not a scoreboard update, guys. Calm whoa, down. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hey, hey, Rick, you uh, didn't get back in time to hear the music that came back with us. 
to be square. All right. Those guys are on it tonight. <laughs> they, they are. The, 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 the guys in the back do a fantastic job. And that's why I'm not even going to give them a rough time about uh, hitting the scoreboard uh, music bet for us there. But earlier, earlier this morning, uh, Wheeling Central punched its tickets back to the Class A Boys State Championship game with a 69-47 victory over Tug Valley. Chase Harler is now the uh, two-time Boys Gatorade State Player of the Year. He joins us now. And, excuse me. First off, Chase, congratulations on the uh, big one today over Tug Valley. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, today's game, 27 points. Uh, 9 of 14 from the floor to go along with 7 rebounds. And a lot of that was done with a, with an ankle that was bothering you a little bit. First off, how is the, uh, how is the ankle tonight? Um, I've, I've done some treatment after the game. I'm going to do some treatment in the morning. But uh, so far, you know, it's just a little bit stiff. But it's nothing that I can't play through. And I, I do plan on playing tomorrow and you know, ending my career, hopefully with a state championship. But six three, you're probably one of the more physical guards that you'll run across. Of course, uh, Tug Valley has some big guards as well, and you guys were able to, I thought, take them out of the flow of their offense for the most part. What was the key to uh, to containing the Panthers today? Um, well, throughout the whole year, we've been kind of a third quarter team. Um, we've kind of had some slow starts, and in almost in most of our games, and come out in third quarter and just. Uh, play like how we should play the whole game. So in the locker room, we were kind of messing around saying, let's just treat the first half like a, like a third quarter, and that's what we did. But we knew they had talented guards, and um, we knew defensively that was that, that had to be a key. So we kind of just bought into the defensive end today, and uh, it kind of played into our favor. I know when you're in the state tournament sometimes that you, you, you're looking ahead, you're thinking you're going to play Magnolia. I'm sure that uh, – now that plans don't always go as you would expect them to, as uh, it it will be St. Joe. What do you know about Huntington St. Joe ahead of tomorrow's game? Uh, We went to the the Magnolia game and Huntington St. Joe's game earlier. We watched them. Um, They definitely uh, have some some guards that could cause some some issues, but um, the way we play today, if we continue to play like that and just build off that, um, we're pretty confident going into that game. Definitely not overlooking them, uh, having two upsets so far in the tournament. But, um, you know, they are a very good team, and uh, I'm sure we'll have a, a good game plan going into the game. So we'll just have to take care of business. Chase, uh, another um, situation, too, where, like you said, this is your, your last go. You've already signed with WVU. Um I don't think that there's any better opportunity to go out than, a, than than the way you're getting the chance to. Is that something that you think about, or is that something you try to, you know, we'll wait until it's over and then reflect on it? Um, you know, after winning my sophomore year, I mean, it was a it was a great feeling. But to be honest, after we lost in my junior year, that kind of that feeling really did go away. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to play in the state tournament all four years of my career and get to play in three state championships. But you know, after losing that, after losing my junior year, I had to really think about you know how to take a loss like that. And you know the guys on our team definitely have played with a chip on our shoulder all whole year. And um, you know to get back in the state championship was definitely our goal from day one. But um, you know we'll see what happens tomorrow. I mean, it, obviously it's a great way to go out, but um, you know, we'll I'll, I'll worry about that after the game and see how the how the results go or whatnot. But. Um, I really try not to think too much about it. I mean, at the end of the day, it is just the game, so you don't want to get you know too high or too low about it. 
So we, as a team, we're just going with a level head, but at the same time, we know what's at stake. Felt like the three that you hit at the end of the first quarter was one that really stemmed the tide there this morning because you guys got out to a quick start and Tug Valley seemed to kind of calm the storm a little bit and was working its way back into the game. You hit that big three right at the buzzer. Did you feel it at the time that that was a big momentum shot moving forward because you really separated yourselves out in the second quarter? Um, I think that you know them having two quick threes right off the you know maybe the first two or three possessions. Um, they were kind of you know running off a high, a high right there, but you know at that time I was just kind of doing whatever we could to get another run, and you know, luckily I had a good look at it at the end of the first. But um, I did feel a little bit of a momentum swing, um, you know, and we kind of feed off energy as a team. So after I hit that shot, our energy level was definitely high. Cause, do you have any questions for Chase Harler before we let him go? Yeah, Chase. The uh, you said you were watching the uh, other single A game did you after that one was over did you catch any of the west virginia game uh, <laughs> i'm sorry uh, yeah, i didn't i i, I just hey <laughs> no no it's fine it's fine it's fine no i, I we we actually came to uh, buffalo while we got to to get time to eat and i did get to see the second half of that but um you know you really can't knock them too much ff Austin's a pretty good team um we didn't shoot the ball extremely well and you know didn't handle the pressure i guess but you know, of what they've accomplished throughout the whole year, you know, they, they, they should be proud of that, you know, coming to second place in the, the Big 12 in the regular season and in the, the conference. So, I mean, to me, obviously, being a little bit biased, I believe that Big 12 is the best basketball conference. So, uh, you know, that's probably not the way they wanted to end their season, but you know, they really have nothing to be ashamed of throughout the whole season. Are you still at Buffalo Wild Wings? Am I still at Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah. I don't know. Uh-huh. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, kind of, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, you're all kind of noise in the background. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to we're trying to get out of here, but um, the service isn't treating us extremely well. But you know, once we eat, we'll get back to the hotel and get some rest. Well, can you bring us some food? Chase, as you're probably good and well aware, that's how us media types are. We were just looking for a next meal. But hey, hey congratulations on the win over Tug Valley uh, today, and we wish you and your teammates not only the best of luck tomorrow, wish you the best of luck uh, throughout uh, your college career as well. This will probably be the last time we get to talk to you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, that's Chase Harler of Wheeling Central. The Maroon Knights go for their second title in three years as they take on Huntington St. Joe in the Class A state championship game tomorrow. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll get you another scoreboard update, and we will talk with Jason White. He's in Brooklyn tonight. He's the head coach of the Morgantown girls team. I don't think he's going to let today's West Virginia result damper his enthusiasm from what his team accomplished a week ago. We'll talk with Coach White when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
there's many people we want to thank for helping us with Basketball Friday Night, including Alec Hildebeidel, Nick Collier, Trey Collier, Greg Miller, Shannon Likens, Lance Likens, Marcus Constantino, Mike Stanley, Fred Dameron, and Alice Likens. We also want to thank special correspondent Andrew Harrison, Cause Times' Rick Kozlowski, resident referee Bo Anderson, our guest hosts including Rich Stevens, Bill Cornwell, and Joe Linville, and of course our hosts, James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. A special thanks to Marshall University, Dr. Charles Bailey, and Director of the School of Journalism and Mass Communication, Janet Dooley. We also want to thank you, the listener and the viewer. You're a big part and why we do Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll be back December 11th, 2016. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And you can catch up on any of the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. Thank you to everyone following us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Our new followers this week include Scott Grimmett, Gaudier Delarue, Kevin Amani, Daquin Wilson, Tate Hancock, Riley Metz, Ed, at Blastbeat, Run America, Joseph Albright, Dylan Breen, Tracy Bowers, Nicholas Hackney, Joss, at Stitches3Z, Matt Pullen, Madeline Stoer, Happy Joe Parsons at HJP3, Haley, Jess Kovach, Gavin Astro, Tim Meadows, Brady Jones, Elena, DeSema, Madison Jones, Valerie McGraw, and Dream Leagues. Thank you for following us on Twitter all year long. Follow us on Twitter, continue to do so, and join us here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out BasketballNight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 1031 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Kozlowski, Rick Marone, all with you here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on Semifinal Friday. We know you're here because you want scores, so let's get you another check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. One game in progress in Charleston. It is nearing its conclusion. They're in the final minute. It's going to be Huntington that will get a win. Huntington leading Parkersburg South 64-50 with 45 seconds to play. So Huntington will get a chance to go after its third straight state championship. Tomorrow at 7.15, and they will take on unbeaten Morgantown. The Mohegans getting to the first ever, first ever, by the way, is redundant, but first Boys State Basketball Championship game appearance with a 54-50 win over Woodrow Wilson. Double A, Polka beats Wyoming East 85-55. Fairmont Senior, and we'll talk much more about this game at some point, beats Bridgeport 48-47. Um, it will be Fairmont Senior and Polka in the AA Boys champion, Championship game tomorrow at noon. That's the second straight year those two have met. And in single A, the top seed Magnolia is gone as Huntington St. Joe beats the Blue Eagles 70-62. to And St. Joe will take on Wheeling Central who beat Tug Valley 69-47. 
in this morning's other semifinal. That game at 2.30 tomorrow, Wheeling Central and Huntington St. Joe. That is the check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. One of the things that has really impressed me about the response that we get with this show, and, and we get a lot of people who, who thank us, but it's really you guys who uh, do all the, uh, the work and uh, Last year, we talked with Morgantown coach Jason White in the middle of a regional game in uh, Columbus for WVU. He actually stepped out, of, out just out of the uh, concourse area to talk with us. And tonight, he joins us from the Barclays Center. If he's still there, he might not be. But uh, he was in Brooklyn tonight for WVU's game against Stephen F. Austin in the East Regional. He joins us now. And Coach, I'm not going to ask you to break down the WVU game. Uh, that that wouldn't be polite. Let's talk about your girls' basketball team winning its third straight uh, state championship. Congratulations on that, first and foremost. Hey, thanks so much. It was an unbelievable feeling. Um, I, I've said it many times. I'll say it again. We've got great kids at Morgantown High with great work eth- work ethics. And uh, I'm just the benefactor of the guy sitting on the end of the bench uh, of all their hard work. Balance was a key to your team throughout the year. Sydney Holloway puts up 25 in the title game. Most of that coming from the free throw line, uh, but you've also had, um, you know, Lydia Adrian was a, a big part of uh, your your team as well. 15 points in the title game. Paige Poffenberger had two double digit performances in Charleston, and uh, Rachel Escoti obviously a threat as well. You had probably maybe three, four girls who could any given night go for 20. That, that's, uh, that makes you difficult to defend. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've said it all year. We don't care who gets, uh, who gets the credit in, the, in a given game, and that's what makes us tough to defend is that we're very unselfish and that any of those kids could lead us on any given night. Uh, but what maybe gets lost in the, in the whole thing is uh, – the job our, our subs coming off the bench did in that championship game, we got in severe foul trouble. And girls like Alyssa Neal and Fallon Nicholson and Courtney Quinn came in and gave us big minutes to get us get us to the half tide. Um, just a complete team effort in that championship game, and I couldn't be more proud of our kids. That game lived up to its billing. Championship games are supposed to, and it did. Uh, I mean, your ball club lost one game, and it was a game that you had a, a substantial lead in before losing at the buzzer against uh, South Charleston. Uh, other than that, you'd pretty well dominated most everyone you'd played. You had a tough semifinal win over Parkersburg South, a tough win over Huntington. I know you've won three straight, but, Coach, I think that illustrates exactly how difficult it is to win those state championships. You have to win close games along the way, even when you've got a team that might be a cut above the rest. Yeah, I've told people this a lot, and I, I think they kind of laugh at me a little bit when I say it, but you've got to be not only incredibly good and incredibly talented, but you've got to be incredibly lucky. Uh, you got to have some breaks in games. Ball's got to bounce your way. And uh, we were just fortunate enough that uh, a couple of balls down the stretch bounced our ways. And our, and our kids really stayed the course. Didn't get too high, didn't get too low. Uh, when, when Huntington took a lead uh, in, in the fourth and when Parkersburg South took a lead in the fourth quarter, you know, we just kept saying to our kids, there's going to be peaks, there's going to be valleys and games, you know. And um, I thought the kids, never, emotions never got the best of them. They kept their composure and, uh, you know, capped off a great season. 
Coach, uh, Coach Marone here. Congratulations. A couple of things I was wanting to get your thoughts on. Uh, uh, you guys kind of have your way of going about doing things, and it, uh, it relies on the fundamentals. It relies on some things that, to be honest, are a little bit unconventional. A lot of teams fall in love with the three-point shot, for instance. You only attempted three three-pointers in the championship game. Uh, Huntington puts up 18, uh, but you guys, uh, you know, you were you were 33% from the field, but your defense, and then you out-rebounded Huntington by 20 rebounds, and I mean, they're an athletic bunch, they're very physical inside, but how do you get your kids to buy into the fact that they see it on TV, a lot of these other, I know teams that put up, I mean, more threes than they should be, but uh, your kids buy into your system. I know success can breed that, but you've had to do a great job getting your kids to understand what it takes to win. Well, it's, it's been our, our understanding as a team uh, through my first three seasons that, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to win and lose games based on the defensive end of the floor and not the offensive end of the floor anyway. Um, Huntington was a team that puts a lot of pressure on you and, and uses their athleticism to trap you. So we didn't get a lot of chances to set up an offense. It was a lot of, uh, you know, try to score in transition, try to get to the rim, get fouled, get to the foul line, and, and really try to work on their depth a little bit. Um, we just we, we weren't a team all year that, that shot very many three pointers, and uh, I think that's a product of the type of team we have. We you know we transitioned to Lydia Adrian and Sydney Holloway, two girls that had played the post for us the previous year. We transitioned both those girls to play the two and the three position, so they both transitioned to guards for us this year. So they were used to playing around the rim anyway. So they were a, a drive first, shoot second kind of kid um, who had the ability to shoot it just. They understand that, hey, if we can get it around the rim, that's a much higher percentage shot than that three-point line. And, Coach, uh, one one follow-up there. I've just been so impressed as a fellow coach. Uh, Like you said, your personnel has changed. You've adapted – your personnel and the way that you coached. Uh, when, when you lose Olivia Seggy and everybody's wondering what's going on, and then you find a way to get people into a place they can succeed, I, I just hats off to you. I mean, to, to do that over a three-year stretch, and I'm sure next year we'll continue on with that tradition. Just uh, It's impressive, and I know that's what high school coaching is all about as opposed to college. I mean, you've got to work with the players you have. You can't necessarily recruit players in to play a system. So my hat's off to you. You did a great job with different personnel and finding their niche. Well, thanks, Rick. I appreciate it. We, you know, I think we were really motivated by the some of the post game comments and, and questions from the media last year after winning the championship. One of the first questions we got asked in the media room was, you know, how will your team look next year losing these five seniors without Lib Seggy? And um, my comment then was, you know, I, I like the team we got coming back. I, I knew the kind of kids we had. I knew their work ethic, and I knew that they would uh, really be driven to uh, get in the gym and get better. And they, they didn't want to be the group to let this let this run come to an end. So, uh, again, hats off to our kids and how hard how hard they were willing to play. And, and then to be able to adjust and, and play multiple positions and wherever we needed them to fill in. Uh, just great kids. Coach, the other Rick on the show tonight, you are in a Buffalo Wild Wings tonight, are you? <laughs> No, I'm I'm actually still in the Barclays Center right now. I'm watching Michigan and Notre Dame, and uh, man, Coach Beeline's got these Michigan boys shooting the eyes out of her right now. Okay, serious question though. <laughs> that, that, that's something that happened earlier, so I just kind of followed up on it. That's that's being the yeah. journalist, the follow up question. Follow up, yes. <laughs> Why is girls basketball in certain areas of the state? so much better than other places? Well, I think that's a great question. Um, 
you know, I think once uh, an area experiences some success, I think it breeds more success. I think once our kids got a taste of what it was like to be uh, around um, the state championship environment, you know, they, they wanted more of that. And they did, like I said, they didn't want to be the group to let anybody down. Uh, and, and I remember my first year, the, the group was motivated to get back to a state championship. I, I remember those kids working out, and, and their, their thoughts were, we were good enough to be there the, the year before when we lost to Parkersburg South, the, the year previous to, to, to myself coming aboard. Uh, and, and those kids said, hey, you know, we've been there. We've been to the state tournament. That's not what we want now. We want to win a state championship. So uh, I think once an area uh, of the state, you know, gets some of that success, I you know, I think it, it breeds the younger kids to see it, and they want to they want to do the same thing. They want to emulate those older girls. So, um, you know, at Morgantown High, you know, we just want to keep them in the gym, keep working hard, and and uh, good things will come. Coach, you're three for three now. <laughs> no, 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 no pressure. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, I, I keep saying this every year. I, I probably should just give it up right now. Just go ahead and respond and go out with three and, and just let you know let everybody else go fight for the next one, but uh, sit back and enjoy one from the stands. And, you know, one of the first things Fred Persinger asked me after the game, he said, you do know that there's going to come a point where you're going to have to watch a championship game from the stands. And I said, you know, I, I'm not I'm not in it for that now. I, I, I'd much rather be playing on championship Saturday, so. As long as we can, we're, we got to say about it. We're not. We don't want to watch that thing from the stands. Coach White, congratulations on your third uh, straight state championship, and we'll let you get back to uh, the NCAA tournament there in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Thanks so much for taking time out to join us. Hey guys, as always, thanks for having me on. And you guys don't understand the job that you're doing for the state of West Virginia and our kids. Uh, I really appreciate it, and uh, I look forward to, to hearing you guys again next season. We look forward to talking to you as well. That's Jason White of Morgantown High School. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Alan Osborne, head coach of the Polka Dots, as they go for their second straight state championship tomorrow with a familiar opponent. Uh, on the opposite side. So we'll talk with Coach Osborne when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Gavin Nichols, Elijah Cuffey, Cody Maynard, Felicity Van Gilder, Erica Bowles, Madison Webb, Dalton Gray, Ethan Miller, Ashley Scott, Dylan Ward, Kaylee Barker, Katie Dobbs, Macy Newsom, and Nicholas Greeley. What they all have in common is they were selected by Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia this season as the standout athlete of the week. Next year, if you have someone remarkable on your team, or if you have an athlete that makes an outstanding play, you'll be able to nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we'll consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we'll select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. You'll be able to fill out the nomination form next season, and we'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it out at basketballnight.com. Join us online and vote in this last poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, we asked, where should sectional tournaments take place? 48% of you selected a neutral site. 35% the highest seed. 17% selected continuing let each section decide. 
This week's question, should the shot clock be implemented in West Virginia high school basketball? Select yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll, and it's our last poll for the season. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 1145 tonight to vote, and we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Hey, all you basketball fans. If you're like me and you just can't get enough of Basketball Friday night, then come join us and you're in for a real good time. Now to my big daddy, Ryan Epling. Go Big Daddy. If you're watching the video feed, I'm just... I've lost all control over the show. Uh, having a good time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The season ender. You know, it's Fred Dameron's birthday, guys, not mine. I mean, come on, he's the one we should be giving a rough time to tonight. But uh, happy to have you on the program, 1046 on the show. And... Um, we always have a lot of fun. We hope that we share that, that that you share in the fun with us. We celebrate high school basketball because we enjoy the sport, and uh, that's it. every score is in. By the way, because the AAA semifinal has gone final, Huntington beats Parkersburg South sixty six fifty two. So the Highlanders will play Morgantown in the boys state championship tomorrow night. Like, but again, uh, we we like we just we enjoy basketball so much, and I got to go to the morning session. And I, I actually cut it short. I only went to uh, I saw the Fairmont Senior Bridgeport game in its entirety. Um, saw half of the uh, Wheeling Central Tug Valley game, and then normally I like to sit and just watch the entire session. But I needed a nap before the show because I'm getting old, <laughs> and uh, so uh, made it you know made it made the trip back. To, uh, to Wayne to get a to get some sleep done before I got here. I, I will say, sleep is overrated because I haven't been experiencing much of it since I've been here, and it's not because of all the basketball. I don't sleep well in hotel rooms, and it's yeah. I mean, it's it's basically been a two week stay. Every, well, just for just for me for a week, right? Well, true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but still. Um, so much, uh, so much fun that we have on this program, and uh, we just hope that we share that with you, that, that it comes across that we're just having a good time and uh, covering a sport that we all love. And I know someone else who uh, loves the sport, and it's not just because his team's good. The man genuinely loves basketball. It's Alan Osborne. He's the head coach of the Polka Dots. They go back to the state championship game with a 85-55 win over Wyoming East today. And uh, Coach Osborne, first off, congratulations on that big semifinal victory this afternoon. Well, thank you very much. <clears throat> it was um, our kids really played well, and they were really, really ready to play. And you know, it's always a, it's always great to get to that championship game, and we're looking forward to the, the challenge ahead of us. I know you have a team that is always when I say competitive, I don't necessarily mean that in terms of uh, they just compete with their opponents. They're competitive among themselves within the game as well. 
I've got a feeling that after the the way you played against Chapmanville Regional on Wednesday, a game which didn't shoot the ball well and had to get a uh, put back at the buzzer from Noah Frampton, or excuse me, from Luke Frampton to win that ball game, um, I've got a feeling your kids want were were itching to get back on the floor and certainly seem to show that today. Yeah, I tell you, we were very fortunate to win that game. Chapmanville was really well prepared. And- we uh, we we missed some shots we usually make, but our kids had a great practice yesterday, and uh, you could tell they really focused and they wanted to get back and show people that they could. They were better than what they played the other night, and and we beat a really good Wild East team soundly today. And uh, I was surprised by the margin of victory because <laughs> Wild East has has been really playing well, and uh, like I said, we we really played well. Our kids were ready to go. Your ball club also and. and- We've had a couple of uh, you know we've had a couple of situations where we talked about you know, Scott held the ball as a twenty to ten game, then you scored thirty against Chavinville Regional. So you scored fifty points combined in your last two games. You had forty six at halftime today against Wyoming East. I think is that a situation where kind of law of averages. Your team is really good offensively. They were due a, a good game to balance out uh, you know a rough performance. Well, the Scott game. We were seven for uh, 21 from the floor. We missed 14 shots, eight of them were in the lane. So we missed some shots that we 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 usually make. And then and against Chapmanville, we missed some some shots we usually make. And and, and uh, you know when you play teams, they're going to slow it down. You got to make you got to make the shots that you're capable of making. And and you know, if you get a big enough lead, they got to center they got to play. And uh, but we're not going to. Um, you know, we're not going to lose the integrity of our defense and go out and chase people around when we're ahead. And uh, uh, we did that a couple possessions with Chapman, and they got a couple baskets. And, and uh, uh, but I thought our kids were really, really played well defensively against Chapmanville. We shot the ball uh, really poorly, but I thought today we come out and and we 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 read the defense, made good cuts, good screens. Um, took care of the basketball, gives the a team that presses the ball, presses you really well. And, and uh, again, I thought we really played well on both ends of the floor. And tomorrow, a rematch with Fairmont Senior. Last year, they jumped on you in the state title game, and then you were able to come back and get the win. You beat them earlier this year in the Big Ten Cardinal Conference shootout at West Virginia State. And uh, that's a that's a physically impressive basketball team i got a chance to see them earlier uh today as well and uh that's an imposing athletic basketball squad um what are you looking for tomorrow against the polar bears well uh they've scored over 100 points three times they got 113 on somebody and they've scored in the 90s a couple of times in the 80s they're gonna push it up so uh i mean we're really, we're really going to play well defensively they're athletic. They can, they beat you off the off the dribble, and we've got to keep them in front of us and make them shoot the ball in a primer and contest those shots. And you know Darius Nunn's a really really special player, and uh, then they've got the Lee kid and the Moorhead kid who can absolutely shoot it. And you know Dobbs and Steels are good rebounders, and they're just like you said, they're 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 a very athletic team, and uh, um, they led us most of the game down at state. As a matter of fact, we were down four going in the fourth quarter, and was able to come back and beat them. So, but uh, Fairmont's very well coached, got a very good basketball team, and, it, and it's going to be a challenge for us. 
Coach Alan Osborne of the Polka Dots. We always appreciate you taking time to talk with us, and we wish you best of luck tomorrow high noon, the showdown for the AA Boys State Championship game against Fairmont Senior. We appreciate you, appreciate you having me on again. I want to thank you guys for what you do for high school basketball in the state and in this radio show and this show you put on is really special and a lot of people listen to it and a lot of basketball fans comment a lot of positive comments from it. I thank you for promoting the game of basketball for us. Hey, thank you so much. That's Alan Osborne, head coach of the Polka Dots. We have a yearly tradition here on the last show of the season. We always go to the voice of high school sports in the state of West Virginia from Metro News. Fred Persinger joins us tonight from Charleston. And Fred, first off, uh, always a pleasure to get to talk with you. And uh, we're talking about a semifinal Friday today. I think we're set up for three very good championship matchups coming up. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, it's, I'm looking forward to all three of them tomorrow. And as you mentioned, we got a repeat, uh, certainly, of the Class AA title game from last year between Fairmont Senior and Polka. And then in the single-A title game, we get Wheeling Central. They're a, a familiar opponent in that single-A title game. Get a team that uh, has not been to the Civic Center uh, since 1985. So St. Joe will be a first for them. And then uh, Morgantown and Huntington tomorrow night. And we'll see what happens between number one and number two in Class AAA. Morgantown, obviously, uh, getting a, a, a close win over Woodrow Wilson. Huntington, impressive again against a good Parkersburg South team that maybe the Patriots ran out of gas a little bit, and, and that's a tough team for them to play after a win over Capital in double overtime yesterday. Uh, your thoughts, though, on, the, uh, on that Huntington-Parkersburg South game that just ended? Well, you know, when, when you look at that ball game, and we brought it up to Coach Mike Fallon, I wonder if his kids would be tired if they have a little time winning. He said, come on. You know, when, when you look at, at a weekend of AAU basketball, they'll play five, six games in a weekend, so it's no big deal. Uh, but, again, I thought tonight when I when I watched them and after watching them last night and had the call on the network tonight, I mean, uh, Garrett Gilkison, who's their leading scorer, averages 18 points a game. He finished with 11. He was 3 of 15 from the floor, 0 of 4 outside 19-9. In fact, they were 5 of 25 from three-point range. So that ball game uh, just proved that I think they were worn out physically and mentally. And, and Huntington, don't, don't take anything away from the Highlanders. They're a very good basketball team. And in the last three years, and talking with Ron Hess, they are now 71-10. and 10. Now, that's pretty good when you think about what they got two AAA state titles in there. So uh, that's pretty special. they got a great ball club. they got five weapons on the floor at all time, and uh, they're tough to beat. But I thought Parkersburg South did indeed look tired to me tonight. Fred, I, I just I was looking at I was at the games this morning, looking just looking through the programs. And something struck me, and maybe I, I, I'm wrong on this. I know you you, you would have a, a lot better perspective on this than I was or that I do. But it seems like they're just more physically imposing kids and teams this year, maybe than than in a given year. Is that accurate? Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, I think that's fair. I think kids are bigger. I think kids are faster. We're not only seeing it certainly in high school and college as well, and. And if you don't believe me, just talk to any of these officials that have to run up and down the floor with them. And, uh, and uh, we, had, we had one official that uh, couldn't finish. In fact, we had an official today, Tony Lauk, who I think is one of the best ones. Uh, Tony had to do two games because uh, Luke Peak, uh, an official that's been around, uh, uh, he's from the Huntington, West Virginia area. He's uh, hurt his knee pretty bad, and he couldn't go today. So uh, uh, Tony Lauk did actually back-to-back games today. And uh, it just shows you, though, that uh, these kids are – 
faster, they're quicker, they're bigger. I mean, Huntington's got uh, four or five kids that play above the rim. I I know a kid from Beckley, only a junior, he's got a 40-inch vertical leap, and I saw him use it last night. And, I mean, here's a kid that honestly was looking down on the rim when he went up to get a rebound. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's a very astute observation on your part. Felt that Fairmont Senior um, against uh, Bridgeport earlier this morning, and I apologize. I'm not sure what games exactly that that you had the uh, the call on today. I know that was uh, Travis Jones though and uh, Dave Wilson, if I'm not mistaken. But um, that ball game came right down to the wire, and uh, a little bit of a, a interesting finish, I guess you could call it, with the uh, the technical foul uh, against uh, Bridgeport that led to a free throw. Uh, was was that? I know you get to kind of talk with people a little bit off air, behind the scenes a little bit. Was that something that carried through the evening, talking about the way that game ended? No, I really didn't hear any more about it. I, I mean, you know, Fairmont Senior, they won the game. I, you know, I'm I'm of the old adage that you know, one play, one shot is not going to decide a game whatsoever, and. You know, Fairmont Senior had lost to Bridgeport twice during the regular season, so uh, Bridgeport just didn't play well enough to win today. And you, know, you hate that it's a one-point game, 48-47, and you hate that you can look back and see that one play and say, well, that was the difference, but that wasn't the difference. And, and I guarantee you, head coach Mike Ruby would be the first to tell you that as well. Uh, Darius Nunn for Fairmont Senior had a heck of a ball game, so give him credit. He's one of their leaders. And uh, uh, Fairmont Senior, Dave Retton, the well coached ball club as well, so they deserve to win, and, and they move on to a repeat of uh, last year's championship game where they lost by four points to the Polka Dots. And this evening, and final question for you: This evening, we saw the uh, the final high school performance of one Preston Boswell, uh, forty-one points for Magnolia uh, in the loss to Huntington St. Joe. He's one of the more impressive scorers in the past uh, several years to go through the Mountain State. Oh, no question. He's got a great outside shot, but it's not just limited to that. Uh, I saw Preston tonight several times because I had the two AAA games that I did the call on, and so I, I got to sit and watch that middle game, and, and he can drive to the basket. He, he helps his team out. He just didn't get a lot of help from his teammates tonight. So, uh, you know, when, when you get beat like they did tonight, uh, you hate it for Magnolia. They were trying to get back to the title game as well and repeat. And of course, certainly with the fact that Morgantown's going to be there tomorrow night and the son of Dave Tallman is going to be coaching that game, uh, then I think a lot of folks wanted to see Magnolia there. But St. Joe, you got a fine ball club. They deserve to win that game. And uh, Preston Boswell, Boswell is a great player, no question. And he, he went out on top tonight as far as the scoring goes. Brett Persinger, the voice of high school sports in West Virginia and with Metro News, Always a pleasure to get to talk with you. This is, uh, I think, one of the most uh, wonderful times of the year because it's such a great event. It's basically a two-week event with the girls and boys state high school basketball tournaments. And um, in my opinion, that's where Metro News really shines is its coverage of the state basketball tournaments. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, my pleasure, guys, anytime. All right, that's Fred Persinger. We appreciate him taking the time to speak with us tonight. We've got to step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll get you a scoreboard update. We'll talk with Bill Nestor, WPDX, and our resident referee, Bo Anderson, will join us on the phone as well. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. The Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM WIRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPWLP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburg, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley, 101.7 FM WYATLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station 88.1 fm wmul huntington cable subscribers can find basketball friday night in the huntington region on comcast channel 25 and armstrong digital channel 204 streaming online high definition video can be found on our website basketballnight.com and on affiliate rsnsports.com listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on listen live If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Heard statewide on great radio stations. Visit BasketballNight.com to find the station nearest you. Get all the scores all the time at BasketballNight.com or on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Now back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 11.03 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. If you're watching the video stream on BasketballNight.com, you'll see that our sets, we're, we're all starting to move over a little bit because we're creating some space for, uh, for James Carter to join us a little bit later on in the program. Um, I think I call it musical chairs. Yes, that's, uh, and that is what it uh, basically amounts to. But uh, we'll talk with Andrew Harrison, our special correspondent on our Standout Athlete of the Week in just a moment. But first, it's time for another scoreboard update. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. It's gone final at the Charleston Civic Center. Class AAA semifinal. Huntington defeats Parkersburg South 66-52. A big game from J.R. Howard of the Highlanders. He has 21 points in that win. uh, Michael Dawson also a big contributor to the win with 10 rebounds in the game. Tavian Dunmart, 19 in the win for Huntington High. The Highlanders will take on Morgantown. The Mohegans are undefeated and beat Woodrow Wilson 54-50 in the other AAA semifinal earlier this evening. In AA, this morning, Fairmont Senior beats Bridgeport 48-47. 
The Polar Bears will take on Polka, who defeated Wyoming East 85-55. Fairmont Senior and Polka tomorrow at noon in the AA state championship game. And a single-A state final will be Wheeling Central and Huntington St. Joe. Wheeling Central beats Tug Valley in the semis 69-47. St. Joe beats Magnolia 70 to 42, or excuse me, 70 to 62. That is your basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Every week we have a standout athlete of the week. Our special correspondent is Andrew Harrison. He joins us now. And Andrew, this week's standout athlete is uh, from Weirton Madonna and uh, a young lady who's father will no longer play her in basketball yes monica bragg uh her dad rocky he, he was telling me he goes you know this past summer is one where i just stopped playing her i just i couldn't win anymore i couldn't win anymore <laughs> he said both of his daughters are like that now because they shoot outside and he goes i was a scholarship player myself but i'm more of an inside guy once they started shooting outside and, and making those shots i just said no i'm, I'm gonna stop playing and monica will attend west liberty and play basketball but that wasn't a given because she's good in multiple sports yeah she was a four-year letterman as a volleyball player and she was uh the the ovac uh single a player of the year in volleyball so volleyball is another part of her life but you know she will uh collegially uh, go play basketball she decided she helped madonna get to the girls state tournament and um that was a big uh Big deal for the uh, the private school in Weirton. Andrew now has more on our standout athlete of the week, Monica Bragg. Monica Bragg is a senior player for the Weirton Madonna Blue Dons, and she is this week's Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. This season, Bragg averaged a double-double all season long. Madonna Blue Dons girls assistant coach Rusty Hodgkiss says Bragg is a player that has developed her game since her first time in a Blue Dons uniform. The part of her game that's developed over the years is, is a perimeter game and her ball handling. Early on, she was a, she would just take you down and, and beat you up in the post. But as she's gotten older and she's worked on her game, she's developed a real nice perimeter game from the three-point line, and she handles the ball, breaks the press. Bragg may have the scoring and rebounding prowess, but she also has another attribute as a player. Coach Hodgkiss says Bragg definitely doesn't shy away from contact. She's 5'11", she plays guard, and she can shoot it, but the thing that, that stands out when you watch her play is she's fearless and physical. I mean, she's just a skinny little girl, and she, she takes it to the hole, and she'll bang around with, with the best of them down there. At 5'11", Bragg is a dual-sport athlete in high school playing basketball and volleyball. Bragg emerged as a leader for her team this year. She was able to find the open players as a guard and has never stopped playing with intensity. It is not a surprise she will continue her basketball career at the collegiate level. She has held her own in the classroom and on the court. Bragg has grown as a player and a person ready to write the next chapter of her life. Reporting for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm special correspondent Andrew Harrison. Thank you very much, Andrew. And uh, thanks for all the the hard work and and the good work that you've done over the course of the season as our special correspondent. Andrew is a student at Marshall University who just said, how can I help? We found a way for him to help. He's from Toms River, New Jersey, which may better be known as the home of Todd Frazier, current third baseman for the Chicago White Sox because the Reds don't want to win, <laughs> and um, also a, a Little League uh, legend from that 1998 uh, World Series championship team, Todd Frazier from T- Toms River. 
Andrew Harrison from Thomas River, New Jersey, as well. We actually have never talked about that. I just threw that out right there. But um, back Does to he high bring school. his kids to the uh, clubhouse? Uh, well, with the White Sox, yeah. That, that has been a little bit of an issue lately, right? That's not going to We would be best served to, uh, to not travel down that path tonight. But someone who's traveling a familiar path is Wheeling Central. That boys' program has won seven state championships since 2002 in Class A, and they are back in the title game for the third consecutive year, uh, looking for their second title in three years. And Mel Stevens is the head coach of the Maroon Knights. And, uh, Coach, uh, first off, congratulations on a, on a big win over a very good Tug Valley team today. Uh, thank you very much. I mean, yeah, they, they were very good. I mean, you know, we, we were concerned definitely coming in, uh, you know, with the Dylan and the May kid. And, you know, um, I mean, they scored some points today, but we, we kind of held everybody else down a little bit. And that's, that's usually our key. I mean, um, the better players are, are going to get theirs. you got to try to keep the, the role players from, from stepping up big, you know, in the games. Chase Harler gets a lot of the publicity, and rightfully so. The Gatorade State Player of the Year, he had 27 today. But John Burkhalter has really been a, a guy who has kind of been a, an unsung person, so to speak, in some ways. I think a lot of people are realizing just how valuable and efficient he is shooting the basketball right now. Right, right. I mean, he's, you know, he's had two very good games down here this week. I mean, he's had games through the year. Um, you know where he, where he scored for us or whatever, but um, you know the other four guys besides Chase are all averaging right around ten points. And you know for us to to be successful, I mean we need those other guys to step up a little bit. Um, you know if we can get if we can get two other guys or or three other guys in double figures along with Chase, um, you know we feel pretty good about our chances of winning. But you know John, you know not, I mean he scored and he's made some big shots for us, you know down here this week, but. You know, his, his biggest contribution for us is, is his rebounding on both ends. Your ball club takes on Huntington St. Joe tomorrow, and uh, that, that's, again, they, they kind of pull uh, an upset over Madonna, and maybe the folks from St. Joe won't feel that's an upset, and, and they would be right to feel that from, from their perspective. But um, tell me about, the, you know, they get that win over Magnolia, you see St. Joe, you know what Magnolia has. It was a pretty impressive uh, performance today from Huntington St. Joe. Yeah, I mean, it really was. I mean, you know, they, they played really well. Um, you know, they did, did did the things against Magnolia that, that you needed to, to do against them to, to have a chance. And, you know, I thought they shot the ball really well. I thought they, you know, uh, dribbled, dribbled penetration really well. And, you know, they got to the offensive boards. And those are, those are three things that you need to try to do against Magnolia. Um, you know, the other thing was, you know, Preston Boswell was going to get his. I mean, he had 40 tonight, but I think what what you know helped them was they were able to hold hold their other guys down. I know you go into a game and in any tournament, there's a lot of preparation for the known and the unknown. Uh, and in today's age, it's a little bit easier to get information than what it used to be. But uh, what do you know about this St. Joe team? What about them uh, really has been uh, has has stood out to you for, with their play and their two wins so far? Well, you know, I mean, uh, I talked to my son down here, and he he told me he thought he thought St. Joe's had a better chance of of beating Magnolia than than Notre Dame would have, but he said they were you know they were going to have to shoot the ball well, and he you know and they and they did so. Um, you know that's that's going to be a big key for us is is you know controlling dribblers. 
and, and contestant shooters. And you know, obviously, you got to you always got to rebound. So, you know, those will be those will be three keys for us tomorrow. And usually, those are the three keys every game for us to start with. Mel Stevens, head coach of Wheeling Central, and a, a program that is just accustomed to winning and is continuing to win, and will go for another state championship tomorrow. We wish you and the Maroon Knights the best of luck, Coach. All right, thank you very much. All right, again, that's Wheeling Central coach uh, Mel Stevens. They play tomorrow at two thirty. So the question I have: Would uh, his son be the Twitter figure? <clears throat> Not Mel Stevens? You know, that, that's, a, that's one of the more interesting Twitter follows out there uh, when it comes to West Virginia. And, and what That's one we need a blue check mark for. <laughs> right. Because it, it is not Mel Stevens, but it's something that, that's interesting. And I do want to say something real fast. Bill Nestor was on hold with us for a while. We didn't get a chance to talk to him. He had to go. Uh, we had some calls there because we know everybody's on a time crunch tonight. Uh, Bill Nestor, WPDX, and the voice of Robert C. Bird, who has been uh, a faithful listener and faithful caller uh, all through the course of the uh, basically the duration of the show, going back to when we were upstairs in the old public affairs table in the WMUL <laughs> studios. We've kind of outgrown that now from a, uh, from a production standpoint, but we thank him so much for all he has done for us over the course of this season as well. A little bit later on, we're going to talk to our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We'll also talk with Monica Bragg, who's our standout athlete of the week after the break, and uh, hopefully in our next segment as well. We'll talk with a special guest, someone that 15 years ago was part of a small rural school that made its mark in Charleston and reached the state semifinals in 15 years since the Magnificent Seven. We'll explain that when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on the state championships in Charleston. Stay up to date on all the championship action. We want to thank all the sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and you for calling and recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show tonight and next season. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Again, we thank everyone that is called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us tonight on the phone and share thoughts about your team. Call us toll-free 1-855-345-4709. 855-345-4709. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can also text us a message to the show at 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, and find out how you can stay connected with the show at BasketballNight.com. Join us online and vote in this last poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, we asked, where should sectional tournaments take place? 48% of you selected a neutral site. 35% the highest seed. 17% selected continuing let each section decide. 
This week's question, should the shot clock be implemented in West Virginia high school basketball? Select yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll, and it's our last poll for the season. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 1145 tonight to vote, and we'll share the results at the end of the show this evening. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, West Virginia's high school basketball voice. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. 11-17 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Clearly the fastest three hours in radio. Ryan Epling, Rick Kozlowski, James Collier is with us now, and Rick Marone. We don't want to just have James just kind of like float in without much of an introduction. James, I know you've had a long day. You've been in Charleston, but not with the basketball tournament today. And uh, the, the other the other type of ball, I've uh, I had a doubleheader for Marshall baseball today. I started on the air at two uh, fifteen. I signed off. I think it was around ten o'clock. I don't remember. It's been a long day. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we're we're a good fifty minutes roughly from Appalachian Power Park to. Uh, to the studios here on the Marshall University campus where Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia originates. And Rick Kozlowski, so kind. Of, he's in Charleston for the, for the state basketball tournament and made the trip down to, to visit us tonight. You guys connived me to get here. <laughs> <laughs> we have some people in the back who work really hard who can convince people to, to – to, uh, they can be very convincing, we'll put it that way. There was a knife in my back. You're right. People <laughs> in the back. That, that's exactly uh, how we operate. But um, I'm enjoying it. This hey. is a lot of fun. Hey, this, now see, you see what we do for 15 this, weeks a year. Yeah, 15 weeks a year, three hours a show, and we have a blast. Yeah, I just get, what, five minutes at the end of, at the, at the, end of the program every Friday night. See, the problem is I don't know what we're going to do when we get to that part of the program tonight because yeah, we're, you're here. Yeah, we're so lost right now. We're thinking about what do we do with cost time because he's here in the studio. Yeah, we, we had cost time right at the beginning of the show. But uh, let, we've got a lot of callers to talk to still. Bo Anderson, resident referee, we'll get to in just a moment. Um, but first, we're going to go to our standout athlete of the week, Monica Bragg. Had 33 points and 16 rebounds in leading Madonna to a sectional championship win over Wheeling Central. It was actually in the sectional semifinals. It was the first time Wheeling Central hadn't made the girls' state tournament in years, and Madonna made it as the five seed. 19 points per game, 10 rebounds, six assists, six steals. That's what we call a stat sheet stuffer. Monica Bragg is our standout athlete of the week. She joins us now, and Monica is senior with the Madonna Blue Dons. Um, congratulations, first off, on being our standout athlete of the week. Well, thank you. It's an honor. Uh, that's probably the the most uh, elaborate intro that we do for anyone, right there. And uh, but you you've got a, a get looking through the, uh, our, our notes here played basketball and also the OVAC single-A volleyball player of the year. You've signed to play basketball at West Liberty. Was that a decision you had to make, volleyball versus basketball? Well, I've always loved basketball first. It was the first sport I've continued to play. 
So, yes, it was, but at the same time, I knew that basketball was going to be my main sport that I needed to focus on. Well, you guys got to the state tournament this year, and uh, that's always something special for uh, for a, a team, for the individuals who are on it as well. Uh, just tell me about the, the run and getting to Charleston this year. Well, a lot of people didn't expect it to happen. There were points in the season where we didn't expect it to happen either. But whenever playoffs came around, we just got on a roll, and we all really wanted to get there. And that's what we made it our goal to do, and we did it. Your ball club, again, reaching the uh, the state tournament. And um, along the way, you beat Wheeling Central, and you beat them in the mm-hmm. sectional semifinal by 12. First time Wheeling Central hadn't gone to Charleston, as I mentioned, in, uh, in a long time. What did that win in particular mean for you? Well, it was such a huge win. I've never beaten Wheeling Central for a long time. Like, the Madonna program has not beaten Wheeling Central. And they're a great team. But I don't know what happened. We just turned ourselves around in the second half, and we just really wanted to win, and we did it. I think ending your basketball career on the floor at the Charleston Civic Center, win or lose, is still the way anyone who grows up playing the sport uh, wants to go out and obviously uh, with an opportunity for you to play basketball at West Liberty uh, the basketball uh, portion of your of your life not yet over still some some work to be done there and we uh, congratulate you on the success of the of the Madonna Blue Dons well thank you very much Monica Bragg our standout athlete of the week as we continue an uncanny run of just outstanding interviews subjects i don't know that we interview them very well from at least from my standpoint but um interesting subjects can make us sound a lot better too and uh they've done a fantastic job the young ladies have been fantastic tonight absolutely and even our newly named jedi warrior yeah and that that is blowing up on twitter by the way Uh, i've obviously missed something (laughs) yeah I'm just going to leave it at that. Like, yep. Yes, you did. Uh, I'm causing problems. Not you cause. Causing, right? Yeah. Yeah, causing. There it is. And, and honestly, they're not bad problems. So we hope to have a special guest for you here still uh, a few minutes from uh, away. Uh, we're still working on that right now. But let's go right back to the phones. Joe Linville, WVOW, has been uh, set up in Charleston for about two weeks now, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Joe? I feel that way anyway, but yeah. it was a good day in Charleston today. I tell you, sorry I didn't get to see and tell you how I saw your your tweet when you were on your way up to the Civic Center. Yeah, anyway, I hope you enjoyed uh, with the games you got to watch today this morning. Absolutely, I think I got to see the best game of the tournament so far, and there have been some really good games as well. And also want to real quickly thank uh, Wayne Boys Coach Sam Kokenauer who uh, saw me on my way in and said, "Hey, come on down here and sit with us." So. Um, Good seats and hey, absolutely. And um, Joe, the the level of play though to me has been really strong. Your your, your thoughts on yeah. that? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. You know, uh, like you said, you must have been talking about the uh, Fairmont Bridgeport game. That mm-hmm. was a heck of a game, right down to the wire. And but the intensity in some of these games, I mean, that's just like even in the uh, in the double A, the poker game. You know, this up and down the floor. 
uh, Wyoming East tried to come out and you know play polka style of basketball, and it just didn't work for them. Unlike the uh, opponent in the first round, and we'll talk maybe just a little bit about that game here in just a second. But but the intensity, I, I have to agree with you. It's 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 been awesome this year. I tell you what, there's several D1 players that's uh, you know playing in the tournament. Yeah, and I couldn't help but notice that. I mean, obviously Chase Harler, WVU signee, is there and. It was just interesting to, to look on press row and see Chris Duhon, Marshall assistant, former NBA player, former Duke University standout there as well. And they, the, the, there have been coaches at every state tournament game this year um, from a college standpoint. I think this has been a week of great exposure for the kids as well. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of these coaches are even, you know, uh, scattered throughout the auditorium but mm-hmm. you know could slide in and out and you have no clue they're you know they're even there you know yeah i remember uh i remember when uh let's see it's been about 10 years ago now when renee montgomery was at uh south charleston and uh gino oriema was at the girls tournament yukon women's coach and he sat like on the back row of the lower section right next to an exit, you had to literally know exactly where he was to find him. And so, yeah, you're exactly right there. It's like that with the boys' tournament as well. But uh, the games today were, uh, again, the great ball game this morning between Fairmont Senior and Bridgeport, who are very familiar with one another. But how about you go through the evening as well, somebody like St. Joe who – Again, I don't think the people wearing blue and yellow of St. Joe feel that it was necessarily an upset or a surprise. They know that they're really good. But a lot of people right. are learning but, that they're good. <laughs> they really are. You know, Magnolia, you know, of course, was the one seed. And I, a lot of people see these seed uh, numbers, and that's who they expect. You know, they always expect the higher seed to win. Uh, and that's not necessarily the case, even though. Uh, you know, for Magnolia, uh, Preston Boswell had 41 points. Uh, he had 41 of 62 points. You know, that was a phenomenal effort, but it, you know, came up short as uh, St. Joe went on for the win by eight. And I'll ask you this, uh, Joe, because we're tied on time. Uh, our last question for you: Moment of the tournament so far. Your opinion? Nice easy uh, question, right? A couple, a, a couple. Uh, because you know, in the opening round, Chapmanville. You know, totally surprised everybody and almost uh, come out and upset Boca there in the last minute. And then today, I think a lot of people, the, the talk of the afternoon has been that technical call uh, in that uh, Bridgeport Fairmont game. Uh, I'll not make any comments about it, but you've got a lot of talk around, uh, especially Press Row today. Well, a great week of uh, action and a lot of work that you've put in for us as well over the course of the past. Uh, Two weeks, Joe uh, Joe Linville, WVOW, and also a, a person who several weeks has sat in here at the desk with us. Thank you so much for all you do for us, and uh, it's great to it's great when our family continues to grow, and uh, and you're helping our family grow. And we thank you so much for that. Hey, I appreciate it. Can I ask Cause a quick question? Sure, we've got. Is, Rick, he, ashamed, is uh, he afraid to be from Martinsburg because he says? Everybody tonight, he's introduced himself as being from the Eastern Panic. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, I guess uh, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, so <laughs> how's that? Okay. I, I, now I understand why he says the Eastern Panhandle. <laughs> well, well, actually, I, I don't live in Martinsburg proper. 
How is that? Okay. The post office might say I do, but I don't. Okay, but you live close enough. <laughs> well, I live close enough to I live close enough to Maryland too, so I don't, I don't say <laughs> Maryland. <laughs> I get it. All right, good hey. stuff, my guys, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Hey, right. hey Joe, the yeah. uh, the Poca Chapmanville game was my favorite game. <laughs> it was. I tell you what, Chapmanville uh, had nothing to lose. I mean, they just they came out and gave it at all. Uh, Poca did miss a lot of easy shots. <laughs> Uh, that they the game close, but it was an exciting game. Well, I think they should have awarded Cuffey an assist for his last missed shot that won the game. Yeah. He had a phenomenal game today, though. Absolutely. Yeah, Poke is the type of team that if they play poorly the game before you're set to play them, that's, that might not be a good thing because they tend to balance that out. Hey, Joe, we got to go. We thank you very much, though, as always. All right, we'll talk to you guys later. All right, Joe Linville, WVOW. And right now we have to step aside, take a break. We'll come back. We'll keep rolling right along. We'll have uh, Ross Skaggs. He's the head coach of the St. Joe Fighting Irish. We'll talk with him. And our resident referee is still in queue, waiting on the call. (laughs) We'll talk with Bo Anderson as well. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. There's many people we want to thank for helping us with Basketball Friday Night, including Alec Hildebeidel, Nick Collier, Trey Collier, Greg Miller, Shannon Likens, Lance Likens, Marcus Constantino, Mike Stanley, Fred Dameron, and Alice Likens. We also want to thank special correspondent Andrew Harrison, Cause Times' Rick Kozlowski, resident referee Bo Anderson, our guest hosts including Rich Stevens, Bill Cornwell, and Joe Limble, and of course our hosts James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. A special thanks to Marshall University, Dr. Charles Bailey, and Director of the School of Journalism and Mass Communication, Janet Dooley. We also want to thank you, the listener and the viewer. You're a big part and why we do Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll be back December 11, 2016. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And you can catch up on any of the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. Thank you to everyone following us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Our new followers this week include Scott Grimmett, Gaudier Delarue, Kevin Amani, Daquin Wilson, Tate Hancock, Riley Metz, Ed at Blastbeat, Run America, Joseph Albright, Dylan Breen, Tracy Bowers, Nicholas Hackney, Joss at Stitches 3Z, Matt Fullen, Madeline Store, Happy Joe Parsons at HJP3. Haley, Jess Kovac, Gavin Astro, Tim Meadows, Brady Jones, Elena DeSima, Madison Jones, Valerie McGraw, and Dream Leagues. Thank you for following us on Twitter all year long. Follow us on Twitter, continue to do so, and join us here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup.
stay up to date on your favorite teams, check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Coach Rick Marone, James Collier, and Ryan Epling. It's 11.32 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Kozlowski, James Collier, Rick Marone. Happy to have you along on the final Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia of the season. If you win on this Friday night, you get a chance to play for a state championship. St. Joe goes on a a 9-0 run, uh, actually a 13-1 run over the final 308, beats Magnolia tonight by a final of 70-62. Huntington St. Joe will take on Wheeling Central in the boys' state championship game tomorrow. Ross Skaggs is the head coach of the Irish. He joins us now. And Coach, first off, congratulations on the victory tonight. Well, thank you very much. I certainly appreciate it. And I listened to a little bit of your post game on Metro News, and I just wanted to touch on this a little bit. For the rest of the state, it's an upset. But for your ball club, you know how good your team is, and you maybe don't consider it an upset because you feel you have a state championship caliber ball club accurate statement well yeah i think it is i'm not trying to be a smart aleck or anything when i say that or or braggadocious i just believe in our kids and uh uh, we worked at it obviously the other teams in the state that are were seated ahead of us deserve those you know those seatings and uh i understand you know five seed coming in the the perception and uh i know it's kind of an upset but you know i believe in our kids and 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 to to think that I didn't think they could do this, uh, uh, I'd be t- I wouldn't be telling the truth. I just believe in our guys, and uh, um, they've worked extremely hard. Coach, when you go into this game and you look across and you see Boswell, you know what he can do. He gets 41 of the 62 tonight. Was the game plan to let him get his and try to limit the other players on the floor from not going off and adding yeah. to his his point production? Yeah. That was real good coaching, wasn't it? We held him before we won. <laughs> they didn't no, get 42. Uh, he's an excellent player. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, we were trying to, you know, when you got a player like that, he's going to get his. And uh, we were just going to try to make him work at it. I thought he was very efficient tonight uh, with his shots and, and those. And we just didn't have an answer for him early. And we got he got us in a little bit of foul trouble in the first half with two guys. Uh, uh, I didn't really want to put Keith Clemens over on him because I didn't want Keith to get in the same position, you know, foul trouble. And uh, he was just an excellent player, and he kept just, you know, we didn't do a good job of, of help side. But he's an excellent player. And, he, yeah, it's, uh, you know, when you're there, you, you hope that one guy's not going to beat you, that the other guys are going to have to contribute. And uh, 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 fortunately, it worked out. Well, you got big contributions. Keith Clemens, 24 points on the night. And then off the bench, John Morrison goes 7 of 9 from the floor, 2 of 4 from three-point range, scores 17 points for you tonight. It's nice when you can go uh, – yeah. when you can look over you know, next to you during a game, pick a kid out, and send him in, and that's what you get from him. Yeah, we did really uh, – you know, we got in foul trouble when we went with John and then – Towards the end of the fourth quarter, when you know when he we, we started started trying to up tempo a little bit. When we got behind, we had to turn it over. We put we went small, and uh, John, you know, he's the MVP tonight. Uh, John's a, a very quick kid, very confident kid. Uh, he broke his arm hand arm uh, 
I guess it was back in the late part of January and had been out for four to five weeks. And he's just now rounding back into uh, to playing. And uh, he just had a phenomenal game. And he just he's very pesky. He, he, he covers a lot of ground and uh, just so happy for him. Coach, your team playing Wheeling Central in the championship game tomorrow. So you go from Preston Boswell one night to Chase Harler the next. That's a that's a pretty tough little turnaround when it comes to preparing that's, for a, they, two they, top players. Hello. Uh, yeah, I, I said that's a really tough turnaround on a. Yeah, you, I'm, I'm, you see those two go back to back. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Um, it is. I, I watched Harler today. It's the first time I'd really gotten to see him play. He's a very efficient player. Uh, does a lot of things well. Um, you know, we're going to have our hands full, but uh, uh, we'll probably go with John Dawson on him, who we put on uh, on Jared West the other night, and we had him on Harler until he got. I mean, uh, Boswell with a little foul trouble, and we'll probably start there and uh, just do what we can to to help help when we need to on the help side and try to keep him in front of him. 2.30 tomorrow, Wheeling Central, Huntington St. Joe for the boys' Class A state championship. Ross Skaggs, head coach of the Fighting Irish. Congratulations again on your win over Magnolia tonight. We wish you the best of luck tomorrow. Thank you all very much. We certainly appreciate it, and we're, we're very, very excited. All right. Thank and, you. Y'all have a good Oh, You too. Sorry, I, I cut him off there. I apologize for that. Thank you so much, uh, Coach. Actually, what happens is I hit the button, and sometimes there's a, like a split-second delay, and that happens. Uh, nonetheless, um, we got about seven minutes here for this interview. About 15 years ago, the Magnificent Seven took the floor in Charleston. If you don't remember who we're talking about, we're talking about Hannon High School. Had seven players on roster. Hannon, a small school in Mason County, um, in rural Mason County. And uh, they won their quarterfinal round game. They got to the state semifinals, lost to eventual champion Williamson. But in many ways, that's a, a school that embodies, uh, and that that team, that, that in particular team embodies what can happen at the high school level in West Virginia that sometimes when things don't seem reachable, they can still be reached. Ryan Airwood is currently the head boys coach of the Taze Valley Christian Lions. He was on that Hannon Ball Club. He joins us now. and uh, Coach Airwood, first off, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Oh, yeah, anytime, anytime. I, I appreciate it. Uh, interesting you guys had, uh, you know, St. Joe uh, – Coach on there, we had to get by St. Joe in the uh, in the sectional round of, of that season 15 years ago, and I remember everybody talking that that was going to be the team that got back to the state tournament for St. Joe. So, you know, unfortunately, we we had to spoil that one in the sectional, and that was a big win for us. But uh, you know, 15 years ago, they're back at it, and you know, they got a chance to you know win their first state championship. So, when did when did you first believe that Charleston was Attainable when you were with Hannon? Oh, uh, when I was about, I, I tell you when. I'll tell you the moment I knew I, I wanted to get. I've always been a pretty confident person. Thought you know you could achieve a lot. Um, I was at the AAA state championship game when mm-hmm. Woodrow played Willing Park. I think it went to triple overtime or something like that. Um, I, that was. I mean, I think I was ten years old, and then that was just. 
I never felt that feeling before. You know, I've been to West Virginia. I just never felt that feeling before. And from that point, I remember telling people. I mean, legitimately, I remember telling my cousins, everybody, I'm going to play in a state tournament. I'm going to play in the Civic Center in a state tournament. And uh, I remember telling my head coach, Wayne Richardson, the minute he got the job, I said, we're going to play in a state tournament. So the first thing he did was he called and he tried to get us into the uh, I think it was the cap, you know, the charter classic or whatever mm-hmm. at the Capitol earlier in that year, so we could play in the gym. And so, you know, he was like, "We want to get back here." Um, but you know, after we went down to seven players early January, um, and probably our first three wins, I, I really started believing, you know, that this could happen. Um, and then, you know, we started winning road games, and we started winning no matter what the officials were doing. Um, a little bit of a swagger came about us. And I, to be honest, I, I always believed we could. But then when you saw everybody else starting to buy into it, uh, that's when it was probably attainable. You've been a part of, as a coach, the Huntington Prep uh, organization, as well as now Taze Valley Christian. But I, I, I still want to kind of hinged us with with your experience growing up at hand and you've kind of seen every side there is of the current high school basketball landscape do you feel that gives you an appreciation for every kind of uh variable or walk of life that all these folks come from i i I don't think there's any doubt about it and that's the thing is i think anybody that knows me gets that appreciation nowadays i you know which granted back in my playing days i was a little bit heftier too so uh, you know, <laughs> i'm not nowadays, gonna lie i remember uh, <laughs> I, I was a big old boy i can move a little bit i can dance That's a little bit true. but I, was, I took up a lot of space in the paint so uh <laughs> but uh you know when i tell people oh, i went to hannon they kind of give me that look and i you know and that's the thing is I love being where I'm from, and I do think that gives me an appreciation. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a kid from Hannon who grew up playing on a dirt court, and a week and a half ago was sitting three rows up at a Minnesota Timberwolves game watching a former player who, you know, just happens to be one of the better players in the NBA. Um, it, that's a full circle, and if you don't appreciate the game of basketball, and, and to be very honest, and this isn't something that sounds good, this is fact. Had I not made that state championship run with the group of individuals I made it with, I don't think there's any chance I'm able to do what I've done. Um, that gave me an appreciation and that sense of, man, anything's really possible with basketball. You know, if Hannon High School can make it to a state tournament and win a game, well, you know, tell, tell me anything's possible. So, uh, you know, what that meant for me and what that meant for that community um, is very, very special. And there's not really a – and there's not a lot of time that goes by where you know I'm not reminded by it or people don't bring that up. Fifteen years ago since the Magnificent Seven and Hannon High School um, made a mark in Charleston that should not be forgotten and should always be celebrated. Ryan Arrowwood was a big part of that. And uh, we thank you so much for calling and uh, for joining us tonight and uh, sharing your memories of that. No, thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right, that's Ryan Arrowwood again. Um, currently the head coach at Taze Valley Christian. They won the uh, the WV Cat tournament uh, this year, um, Christian uh, Association tournament. On a personal note, I knew Hannon was going to be good with that group. When I was in middle school playing basketball at uh, Wayne Middle, we, we scheduled Hannon because, honestly, and 
I mean, this is how things work. The time you schedule hand in basketball, you think it's a team you're probably going to beat. Um, we 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 had a, just a brawl with not a fight, but I mean, it was, it was a physical, tight up and down ball game with them, and it's just like. Who are these guys? You know, that wasn't what we were bargaining for. And Ryan Airwood was one of them. And uh, I just remember that uh, we we did beat them. I have to remember that. But uh, but it, it it took everything to beat that team. And we had a pretty good middle school basketball team. And that's when I realized, hey, keep an eye on Hannon. Four years later, they were in Charleston. Tell you what, Ryan. Uh, of course, uh, the the big screen blew it up with Hoosiers, but uh, you know, Hannon is a real life story that uh, here in West Virginia uh, had, takes on that same feel again. Seven players, the magnificent seven, and Ryan Airwood uh, has done a, a great job uh, throughout his career and doing a great job there at Taze Valley. And cause, and, and we have to do this quick, but we went through a, a tournament time there where we had Paul Paul twice. And Hannon sandwiched in between in the Class A tournament with consolidations, with the reclassifications. We don't get that so much anymore. I think those days are over, quite honestly. I mean, and with the expanded situation now, it's going to be so much harder for the little guys to go anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, those were some still some great memories, though. From state tournaments fast. We'll step aside, take our final break. We'll come back by Ron Hess, our resident referee, also uh, will join us and uh, we'll wrap things up for another Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Mountain State's voice for all things high school basketball. A special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia throughout the Mountain State on great radio stations including 94 Rock, WRLF Fairmont, Talk 92.5, WTHM LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRCLP Spencer, 104.5 FM, WASP LP Huntington, 97.9 FM WSPW LP Parkersburg, 101.1 FM WVWP Wayne, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WVOW Logan, 90.7 FM WFGH 4K, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25 and Armstrong Digital Channel 204. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on affiliate rsnsports.com. Listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. 
If you think you missed something on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, you can now go to the Apple iTunes Store and download the podcast. You can find us by searching Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia in the iTunes Store. Subscribing is simple and completely free. Podcasts are also available directly on BasketballNight.com. Check it out and you can listen and watch all the past shows. Go to BasketballNight.com. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to Basketball Night in West Virginia with James Collier, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Our final segment of the season here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. So we've got to go fast. Um, we want to get to right. Yeah, we got to go. We want to. You know who we are. We'll just put it that way. Ron Hess is the head coach of the Huntington Highlanders. They were victorious over Parkersburg South in the semifinals tonight. They will play for a third straight state championship tomorrow evening. Coach Hess joins us now, and Coach, uh, a very nice win over a good Parkersburg South team for your ball club tonight. Yeah, it sure was. Um, Anytime you play Parkers for South, and they have such great three-point shooters, we're really concerned about that. Uh, we just wanted to make sure that we kind of ran them off the three-point line tonight and didn't let them hit a whole bunch of threes. Uh, and we wanted to contest every shot they took, and we just played really, really good defense tonight and very proud of the kids uh, how hard they played. Your ball club also goes 8 of 17 from three-point range, 47%, and Tavian Dunn-Martin, 5 of 10. You guys were efficient offensively as well. Yeah, we were. Uh, we started the game out a little bit slow. I think they went up 8 to 0 or something like that and called timeout. And I think my kids were a little bit too excited starting out the game, just trying to calm them down and trying to get them back into their offenses. But, you know, we come down and at that point, Tavian hit three threes in a row and get us right back in the game. And it just seemed to get everybody's confidence back. And then all of a sudden, uh, we dig in on defense and play and play much better for the rest of the game. Well, J.R. Howard finishes with 21 points. Uh, Tavian Dunmartin, 19 as, as well. And uh, really, the balance for your ball club shines through once again tonight. Yeah, it does. It's something we've talked about all year long. We just don't just have Tavian who can score. We've got four or five kids who can who can score. They can take you off the dribble. And once we got the lead tonight, we kind of spread the floor a little bit. And we looked for the mismatches to who we thought could take the ball to the hole. And it ended up being JR. And the, the kids did a great job of getting in the ball. And he did a great job of getting the ball to the basket and finishing. Uh, he took over in the third quarter, I think it was. I'm not sure how many straight points he scored for us. But all of a sudden, we were up about 8 or 10. All of a sudden, it went up about 16 or 17 and got us a nice lead. Well, Coach, tomorrow you take on Morgantown. I'll, and I'll, I'll turn Cods loose for you uh, on a question here in just a moment. But um, Morgantown trying to become the first AAA undefeated since Stonewall Jackson in 1985. Um, tell me what you know about the Mohegans. Um, well, I've I've seen them play in person three times. I've seen a lot of tape on them. Uh, they're just a team. They just don't have very many weaknesses. You know, as a coach, you always try to look at something you can take away from another team or something uh, that you can attack on them. They just don't have anything. they got the big inside. Uh, they got a couple of good shooters. they got a great point guard. they got a kid who can shoot and slash to the basket. 
you know, they're just a good all-around team. You know, you don't go into the entire season not having a great basketball team, and, and they're good. You know, going to play awfully well to beat them tomorrow night. A couple things, Coach. Uh, you mentioned Tavian and his three three-pointers tonight. He did the same thing in the first round. What is it about him and kind of uh, doing that and sparking you guys? Well, he's you know he's definitely leader of this team, and, and we kind of go as he goes. And and he knew that we needed a spark because we didn't start off well like we needed to. And, and he just takes it on himself, you know, to to get us back in the game at the beginning. And he's just a kid; he just doesn't need need much room. You give him a little bit of space, and he he's a little bit of daylight, and he's he's going to shoot it like it, you know. And if he's filming and he's making a shot, I mean, he's almost unstoppable. Once he hit a couple threes, they came out on him, and you know, and then all of a sudden he's going by you, and he's taking a passion at the hole, or he's dumping it to somebody down down the inside, or he's kicking out for a open shot. You know, he's he's a hard player to to defend. You know, and I, like I say, I'm just glad he's on my team. Huntington and Morgantown for the AAA state title. Coach Ron Hess of the Highlanders. Thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck tomorrow night at seven fifteen in the AAA title game. Okay, appreciate it. All right. We, I apologize to Rick Kozlowski. I know I've cut him off here a couple of times on some questions, but we are so tight on time, we're almost out of show. Well, let me just throw this one out there. Uh, two years ago when Huntington started the state championship run, they beat Washington in the semifinals. Washington was undefeated. So now you have Morgantown undefeated tomorrow. Kind of interesting, I think. I was, I was on the call for that game, that that Huntington Washington game, and I remember watching Washington. I said, "Man, these guys are really, really good," and <laughs> and they were. But Huntington found a way to take away something that they were good at doing, and they that was something that really disrupted them. They got them in foul trouble, and then it was all it was all Huntington the rest of the way. He's been on hold for more than an hour, and <laughs> we've done the best we can. But as you could tell, if you as you listen, we've been stacked tonight. It's time for our resident referee, <laughs> Bo Anderson. Has been in Charleston. He's been <coughs> working with the state tournament this week. He joins us now on the program. Bo, sorry to make you hold so long. We've just been jam-packed tonight. I can understand. It's basketball Friday night. and It's uh, you know the championship time of year, and I know you guys are really busy. Uh, me, I, I have been too. I've uh, you know worked a game up here each day. It's a it's an extreme uh, privilege just to be offered to uh, to do it. Uh, you know, there's only 18 guys that are allowed to work it, and uh, it's been a fun uh, week for me. I know a lot of people would like to ask a referee, and, and I'm going to qualify this that this is something that we're not going to go too far into because we simply can't. I'll explain why. But um, the situation at the end of the Fairmont Senior Bridgeport game, a technical foul call, that's a judgment call, and judgment calls are – are just that. You have a split second to make a decision to make a call, and a call was made. So there's really not a lot that we can break down with that. That What it was is what it was. Uh, is that a fair statement, Bo? Uh, yes, yes. I didn't see the play because I was getting ready to do the next game, and uh, obviously, uh, but my understanding is from other guys that, uh, that the call was correct and uh, what happened and um, you know it's uh, you know when you're out there in front of everybody you know you don't want to make any mistakes either because you got a lot of your peers up in the stands and every coach in the states in the stands and you know you just want to try to do the best that you can do and uh, you know I think overall this tournament's been really smooth I don't think there's uh, and, and the sportsmanship's been really good and uh, you know I think things have, have went really well 
I think this has been a, a celebration of the sport, not only from the coverage that, that, that we provide because we are celebrating the sport, but that event has been fantastic, as you mentioned as well. Bo, I'm so sorry that we put you on hold for so long and can only have you for just a, a short period of time, but we are literally two minutes from the end of the show. Yes, you can tee me up. I understand <laughs> the suspension can carry over to next year, maybe. Uh, but thank you so much for the time that you give us throughout the course of the season, Bo. Guys, I really enjoy it. Just an honor to be on the show and to be a part. Got to meet Kaz this week. And, uh, guys, I'll guy. be looking forward to next year. <laughs> Absolutely. And remember, you can always throw Kaz out from press row. Um, <laughs> <that's>, hey! <laughs> as I cut him off around here, but again, we're, we're, we've got like a minute and a half left. This show, we've talked to, we gave a conservative estimate, more than 100 student athletes, coaches, um, throughout the course of, uh, of this year and uh, on this program. And we just love it. I mean, we love basketball, but we love sharing basketball with you. And, and James, that's something that we all grew up with a little bit of basketball in our lives at some point. And uh, to be able to, to share something that we all have a passion for really makes this just fun. Oh, and it does, and it gives us a chance to spotlight the student athletes, and that's the thing I love so much is giving those kids the the opportunity to be on the show and they'll stand stay, or the spotlight and the showcase of being able to what they do so well, and that's what makes the the job of this show so enjoyable. Coach Marone with the Tulsa Lady Rebels getting back to Charleston. It was so good to see that ball club back there and uh, representing Southern Wayne County in Charl- in Charleston in the state tournament. And uh, I know that that's some, that's, that's a, continues to be a goal, and uh, we certainly congratulate you on that, and we thank you for all the time you give us as well. Appreciate it. Enjoyed the show. And, uh, again, we'll be in Class A next year, so we'll start the journey again starting here soon. Rick, we've got like five seconds. So <laughs> This has been absolutely incredible. Thanks for having me, guys. See you next year. There you go. So for everyone involved at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Ryan Epling. Thanks to Fred Dameron. Marcus Constantino and everyone in the back as well. State championship games tomorrow. We're done until next year. Big plans. See you then. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us December 11th, 2016 when high school basketball returns to the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend. And thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2016. All rights reserved.